Hey, KFC Radio listeners, you can find every episode of KFC Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Listen up, we've got some tea, and you all are going to be obsessed. We spoke with the Abercrombie team, and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop. Well, we lost it, because as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and Hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend, and all their customers were like, hey, we spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days, and then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. It's another edition of KFC Radio on the Barstool Sports Podcast Network. Big fucking week for podcast news. Uh, Joe Rogan goes exclusive on Spotify for what I am hearing is a hundred million dollars a year. Uh, the call me daddy news earlier in the week. Like, I mean, it's, it's you, you can't have two bigger pieces of podcasting news in a week. And I'll tell you this much, John, if I had a gig for one hour per week, making minimum 500 grand. And I look at something like Joe Rogan and said, man, you know, if I did this for like five years or 10 more years, I could have like a exclusive deal for tens of millions of dollars per year. And I fucked it all up by overplaying my hand and holding my boyfriend's pocket. I would kill myself. <laughs> I would kill myself. I don't know if I'd kill myself, but I'll tell you what I would do. I'd release a better video than that piece of shit. (laughs) That was, that was the fucking watching. That was one of the more painful things I've ever been through in my life. And it was like, cause I, you ever have someone who's shitty at storytelling and you don't think you'll like, but you're like, I'm actually interested in you right now. Like Like, tell it better. Cause I want to hear it. And she's like, so anyway, and then it just got to the point where, Things happened and I can't, and then it would be like a completely, like she'd be in a different fucking room, like not even trying to pretend it looked like one cut, like just piss poor editing. And it's like, it, it felt like she was telling a story where it was like at a rap battle and it was just like, yo, 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 Get yo, turn my headphones oh, up. <laughs> this dude, this dude right here. It's like, say the interesting part, say the interesting part, say the interesting part. And it fucking, I felt like I was in, like, like I was at front row in a uh, barstool blackout tour. And I was like, play that shit, Dante. And he just didn't play it. I just kept jumping the whole time. It was, it was a goddamn disaster. And it makes me think that maybe I was too hard on Peter Nelson. Maybe he just fucking, he, he's, he's not working with Clay. He's trying to build a statue out of like a pile of shit. And if, if he got her one meeting, maybe maybe this guy is impressive. Well, I don't know. Honestly, that that makes me think less of Peter Nelson because like when you're in a relationship, right? Let's say you're dating somebody and they come to you and they're like, I, I just like love making my music. Like I'm gonna like try to be I'm gonna try to make it big. And you're like, Okay, honey. But like you fucking stink, you know? Like 
So you, you're, you, you're, you're positive and you, you give them, you know, kind words of encouragement, but you don't go sticking your neck out on the line at your work when you know if your girl doesn't have the goods. I mean, that guy has to know that she doesn't have what it takes, right? It was, I mean, I would, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you gotta know. You gotta, you gotta know. know. I mean, right? you watch that instant. Like, I know, I know that it's not for us. We're not the demo. I'm a guy. I'm older. I'm washed up. I know that, you know, girls that age talk that way with their voice and the focal fry and the inflection and the, and so I get it. But also if you watch that Instagram story, if you didn't know, if you watch that Instagram story, you said, this is the biggest female podcaster on the planet. You'd be like, what the fuck? It's crazy that they made it there as is, let alone broker backroom deals for her. It's like, just Dude, fucking between, leave it be. Let it be. Between that and the, uh, and just the, what this fucking dude looks like. I'm like so upset. I was ever like intimidated by them wow. where it's like, like, like they, they used to be in the office. They used to be like, Oh shit, those girls are here. And it reminds me of the, the Chris rock skit with Jermaine Dupree. Cause we were always like, like, dude, like they're like, those girls are the hot girls. They don't talk to us. We're all the fucking loser bloggers. And then you see this dude and you're like, Oh, we had a chance the whole time. Like, yeah. like straight up, here's a fact. Here's a fucking fact for you right now. Okay. I have multiple mental issues that affect my self-esteem. And I will tell you that I am hotter than that dude. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, for John Henry Feidelberg to tell you that he is more attractive than someone, that's a big fucking deal. And that's not a testament straight to the books, it's a testament to Peters. Straight up. <laughs> You have a more successful podcast than me. I have, I have, I have better lovers than you. That's just a fact. It's just a fact, dude. Like yeah, that's why that's me. why you had to call him fucking soup man, which right. is such bullshit when you see him. Cause like that's like that's like just dating a girl and being like, Yeah, I got an IG girl. Like, no, man, your girl has an Instagram. Right. She like, has an Instagram account. She's not an IG girl. You're not a suit, dude. You, you put on a suit, but that's about it. Right, Somebody that. said that it looks like his face has been injected with cement. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's like it's like like my girlfriend telling people that like she dates a hockey player because I played in a few right. games. Right, no, 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 no. This this dude, this is like he. Um, here's the analogy. He is a suit man, like like an IG girl. Like you, as far as like that comparison goes, you get you have a locked account and you get like triple digit likes on birthday posts. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> that's, that's where like, that's what your level would be yeah. in a mediating an IG girl. <laughs> like, Yo, fuck out of here. The, by the way, the amount of people coming out of the woodwork now got multiple texts, offers reaching out. I've got the right girl. I've got the perfect fit. Hey, I'd love to join your network. I'm like, I bet you fucking would. I bet you would after you hear about the kind of money that's floating around for this shit. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's like, I think it's replaceable, but not just like any old person. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be an interesting process 
to uh, to figure out where it ends up. But I like to to be as big as they were in year one. I really, I mean, I, I would never say that those girls can get on Joe Rogan's level because I don't know if anybody can get on Joe Rogan's level. But I think anything was the sky was the limit with that, and it just got fucking chopped out from underneath them. It's crazy how much. I mean, you know, I'm sure one or two of them will be fine. You know, however it works out. But man, had they just played their fucking card, I you know what? It, it took me a moment to realize too, by the way, that they do one hour a week. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good Can setup. you imagine making five hundred thousand dollars for fifty-two hours? It's a good breakdown. <laughs> Although, as we do know now, too, a one-hour podcast takes them like six hours, so it is, I guess, a little bit more work. But still, when you're doing one podcast a week for five hundred grand, and you find a way to ruin it, I, I hate to be like you know millennial this or younger generation that, but it's like, well, they're like our age, aren't they? I think they're like five. I would guess 27, which I count as in my age range. Uh, yeah, that's that's more in your age range, but I'm almost 10 years older than that. Okay, well, I'm just saying, like, don't hate our class. Like, those, <laughs> like, they, you can hate that, those individuals, but come no, on. But, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like, how does something like this happen? And it's like, I think this is like two people who like never had any problems, never had any concerns, and always just like wanted more and more and more and like just couldn't recognize a, a fucking – Good thing. All right, uh, we are jumping back in here because we were later in the episode. Just got some inside sources. <laughs> sources news about about Nelson. Uh, let let's see. Let's start it off with just the obvious. But uh, sources but that confirmation, it, you know, we knew that getting confirmation is is a different story. Sources at HBO tell us that he's just an absolute laughing stock of the company. It doesn't matter what what production they're talking about, what uh, part of the company is talking about. Every Zoom call involves a bashing, <laughs> which is like like. <laughs> I don't feel bad. <laughs> no, I don't feel bad at all. Come on. I mean, no. this guy, you know this type. He's the fucking, we, we, we did it already. I'm ancient Greek and I'm out on my phone and I'm above you and I'm better than you. And it's like everybody fucking hated you and was waiting for the chance to laugh at you. And you handed it to them on a silver fucking platter, dude. So go off HBO, make fun of them all you want. But despite that, he's probably not going to get fired. Even though you probably like, just want to get fired at this point. Like you probably got a pretty nice severance set up. They'd probably be like, dude, get me the fuck out of here. Dude, we were talking about how, like, the relationship probably needs to end because everyone's being mean to you. If everyone's being mean to you at work, you got to go get a new job. Right. That guy doesn't quit. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> but the some of the higher-ups at the sports side like him, so he's probably not going to get fired. But the top, top HBO people, not happy, Kevin. Not <laughs> happy, especially if he was dating Sophia during – that Barcelona because yeah, it's it's not just that it's like a bad look it's like well now you might be doing something that's like literally against the rules and unethical and all that shit like you can't be fucking someone and and trying to sign them and bring them on board HBO and all that shit you know yeah you gotta fucking you gotta put out uh some I can't think of the words it's a don't know it what is it you describe know it to me describe it to me the, like uh you have to make a note when you're involved in something. Like, full disclosure. Full disclosure. There it is, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you said. You have to. What is it? You know what I'm saying. You have to. Yeah, I, I said. Just journalistically, you probably should. Uh, you know. Oh, the oh, thing. Yes. 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 The, the the thing, full disclosure. 
I'm dating so-and-so, but also final note, um, sources believe he was pushing a, uh, HBO show to uh, a caller daddy show to HBO. But since he's on HBO sports, original programming people do not give a fuck about him and told him get the fuck out of here. We don't give a shit. Could you imagine being like in control of like Game of Thrones and uh, Barry and, you know, Curb and being like, I got to talk to the guy who's like dealing with Brian Gumble and fucking like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I got to talk to the guy who like, just everyone hates because he didn't, he got rid of boxing. Like, right, right. Yeah, I mean, no, everything you've done. I'll handle the fucking original production. Production. Yeah. All right. How, how many? That. How many people in the world get their HBO subscription for HBO Sports? I would think there's like six left, and it's your grandfather. I don't even. I don't. I think it's too many. I think yeah. you get HBO for the, for for the movies. Nope, that's FX. Sorry. Well, it's not an advertiser. Read. Fuck you. Um. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> um. But the FX movie channel is like the best movie channel in the whole world. If you want to watch a mindless fucking action movie on a Saturday afternoon, you go to FXM. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, like, like, Hey dude, do you look around this room? I don't have any fucking paint on my walls. Cause it's just Emmys. I didn't right. even bother putting anything. Don't tell me what to do with my original programming. Yeah, Imagine yeah. if like fucking, I don't, I'm not, I'm trying to think of like a bar stool, like similar type deal. But like, I don't know, like if sales went to pitch something to Dave, but they're like, I think you should do this. They would be like, I think you should shut the fuck up. I'll do what I want to do. How about that? <laughs> like, you can give me the product and then I'll make my fucking advertisement for it. Right, right. You can't tell me what the fuck to do. Uh, although that being said, I think about growing up on Howard Stern, Wild On and like scrambled porn. If you're like a, a young kid, I mean, I guess you have porn at your fingertips, but if you could just turn on HBO and there's just like two young sluts fucking talking about drooling on dicks at that age, I would have been like, oh, HBO is where it's at. I mean, when I was at, when I was younger, I was watching real sex and that was like old people having sex out like in the fucking backyard. That was like finding homeless people being like, hey, you guys do sex? I'm like, yeah, we do sex. I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's watch. Let's see it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, couldn't happen to a worse guy. So I'm sleeping soundly. Uh, I mean, where do you go though? Like, you, you know, can you just be like, all right, I'll go to Showtime and it's all good, or are you like fucked? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Good luck, Pete. Hey, <laughs> back to our original programming. Joe, the the Rogan deal. Uh, I don't know for sure, but when I heard a hundred million. And everyone thought that sounded total. And I was like, well, if Bill Simmons gets 250, Joe Rogan deserves like 500. And then I started hearing through, I got a couple of friends in like in finance and in business that heard it was a hundred a year. A couple of the comedians I know told me it was a hundred a year. I mean, that, is, that makes more sense than a hundred total, which is crazy. Right. A hundred million dollars per year makes more sense than not. That's when you know you're a fucking G. <laughs> and he probably... I, I think there was a viral tweet the other day that was like, Joe Rogan's a billion-dollar company. He's, I he's mean, he has to be, right? I mean, it's... it's, it's Joe Rogan. Right. Dude, he, made, he gets 190 million downloads a month. <laughs> That's insane. It's a crazy number. It's crazy. When I saw that, I was like, nah, they must have meant per year or whatever. Like, nope, per month. 190 million a month. And I think the main thing for that is his video was off of YouTube at the end of the year. 
That's crazy. Yeah, but still clips. Just not. I don't know. I'm not sure. No, he said clips. Clips will be on YouTube. Yeah, of course, will be on Spotify. Short clips will be on YouTube. Okay, all right. That makes that makes a big difference then. Um, But and and he retains everything. So like, pay me a couple hundred million dollars a year, and at the end of our deal, I just go back to normal. (laughs) 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 I said on my video today. Joe Rogan is the modern American dream. Like he, he just, he, he was trying to do it legit. Like he probably went on auditions and got the news radio job. And then he, and he was doing fear factor. And then How he st- big was news radio. I, I, I know you talk about it a lot. Is that just because we were kind of first started? It was, um, I know the show I, I've seen episodes and stuff and I liked it, but yeah, I, I don't I, think it was huge. I think it was like part of, um, I want to say it was like NBC must see TV back when like friends and, and oh, really? was like killing it. And I think they were like, maybe not on the same night, but it was like a prime time, you know, network sitcom, which back then. So used to be- right. If, if, if it's that, like that class, that was almost like the, the, the era before me in like really loving TV. I was alive for it. But right. like, like that was the office, 30 rock parks and rec. Right. Which, and, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, it wasn't friends in Seinfeld, but it would be, you know, community or like one of the other, like lesser, but still, still big. And he kind of had a bit role there and was probably trying to do it all legit. And then he just like stumbles into UFC as that's becoming the biggest sport in America. And he stumble sounds rude because like maybe he had more to do with it, but the timing of it, like UFC is blowing up. I'm there to do it. Podcasting's there to blow up. Like I'm the one doing it. And now you get a hundred million dollars a year. Did you, the dude just presses record, talks about doing hallucinogenics, talks about his dog, smokes some weed, does a couple, you know, asks a few questions, chats it up with his friends. Hundred million dollars a year. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. It's fucking insane. Like, I would never say that Joe Rogan doesn't work hard because he does, but like, not you know, it's like Dave. Dave amassed a hundred million dollars, right? But he like poured his heart and soul and he had a uh, he, he, he like grinded for 20 years and like i feel like joe rogan was just kind of like i like ufc i'll talk about it i'll talk to my friends on camera no, i disagree with that I, I feel like everyone like always just talks about like he just doesn't stop yeah but i'm but i'm saying i feel like it's he has cultivated this gig where it's like i only do what i want to do like, I don't think Joe Rogan's ever like, I got to do the podcast. Cause he's like, today I'm going to talk to a guy who like fucking built the pyramids. And like, that's what I want to do today. And like, yeah, I got to go to work today and watch these UFC fights. I don't think Joe Rogan has ever, at least recently agreed to do a single thing he doesn't want to do. I, I don't know. I think, I think you're, you're probably thinking of him. Like people probably think of us. Like there are some days like the podcast is just like, I don't want to do it right now. And you do it. Like there's definitely uh, like us, most days he's happier than not. They're like most days it's his perfect job, but there are definitely, I'd say once a week, Joe's like, fuck, I don't want to do this right now. I guess. But if I was making anywhere near the money he's making to do it, I don't think I'd ever complain. I, I, I know for a fact I would, I, yeah. I, I would complain. There's a hundred percent chance I'd complain. <laughs> I, it's what I do. If I like, like you don't think you would be like, fuck, I go to do the podcast. Ah, wait a minute. I'm going to make $10 million to do it. Absolutely. I, I would complain. There would be, it's all relative. It's like, if I have $90 million, you're going to give me another five? Like, fuck it. I don't want to do it. That's, yeah. that's nothing compared to what I have. Yeah. It's, there, there is, you, you, here's something that I've learned. You're never going to win. You're never going to be happy. It's never going to be like content. It's not going to happen. 
It's not. You're never going to be like, I do enough, I, I make enough, and I can live, and I'm fine. It's never going to happen because you're always going to be comparing yourself to new peers. And guess what? Now Joe Rogan has new peers because he's in a new class. Mm. So now he's comparing himself to fucking, like, what numbers Apple as a whole is doing. And he's not going to be happy. And it's just like, you're never going to be happy. It's fucking stop trying. It's, you're, you're never just going to be content to go to work every day and shit like that because you're going to have someone new to compare yourself to and they're going to be better than you. And I guess that's how a competitor works where you're like, all right, no, I, I want to be that size. I want to be as big as that podcast. And it's going to drive you fucking nuts. But it's it's just how it's going to be. And you're only going to be so slightly content when you accept that, that you're not going to be content. <laughs> that was part two of college is a four-year funeral for your dreams like not much has changed well like four or five years later it's, I, I, it's I, the same though it's like now i have dreams i want to be bigger it's like i'm just, I'm just chasing it every time like there's there, you're still in the rat race you're still there's oh it's always there it's always there it's never going anywhere well i was gonna you're, ask you i think that's right there I was going to ask you what your words of advice to the 2020 class of 2020 would be. And I, I feel like you just did it. I feel like that would be it. You're never going to be happy. You're always going to be comparing. And then you die. But you're like, but I, that's not as depressing as it sounds. Just because like, you're never going to be happy because you don't want to be. Like, you don't want to be content. You want- you're very, uh, what you're describing is very like Buddhist-like, like very Zen, where it's like, if you just let go of wanting and desiring and comparing, then you'll be happy. Well, you won't because you won't. Uh, it's just not how the human brain works and the, right. the human body works. You're going to, and, and you'll get lucky, right? And then you'll get the new job. And guess what? On that floor is someone else. You're like, fuck, that dude's a little better than me. And or that dude gets a little more respect than me. And Always. it's going to happen every time. And like, now Joe Rogan is comparing himself to fucking companies instead of people, but he's going to start comparing himself. Yeah, but that's where I wonder if I would be like, I think there's probably some sense of whatever release or Zen of being like, I am the single best podcaster on the planet. Probably for about a day. <laughs> probably about a day. And then, and then, cause then it's like crack, right? Then you need a new hit. You're like, well, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that, Always what's chasing that? the dragon. Always chasing the high, you know? Well, that's in a weird way depressing yet inspirational all at the same time. Yeah, I don't mean it to be depressing. I'm not like I'm not doing it in like a, oh this sucks sense. Like I think it's fine. I'd be bored if I wasn't doing that. If I right. wasn't like always kind of thinking about what's next. Well, really, right. when you think about it, ambition is that right? Ambition is like inherently gonna be comparing and looking up and looking ahead and like always trying to achieve. But you could think of it in a toxic way of like why you always compare yourself to those people, but also that's how you decide what you want to achieve and where you want to get. Right. It, there are definitely times it can be over the top. And sometimes I'm like, I wish I didn't do this. And there are other times I'm like, I, I, feel, like a, a, I feel like a loser. Cause I just go, I'll can never be Joe. And then I'm like, just fucking snap out of me. Yeah, you can. Right. And so it's like, or you should at least try to be Joe and fall where you may. But if you just don't even give it a shot, then you know, you're a fucking asshole. Right. Then you're just a bum. Um, I like that. Uh, we got, we got, what do we got? What, what, what do we decide for interviews today? We got, um, Taylor Tomlinson, Taylor Tomlinson, the youngest female comic to ever have a Netflix special dating Sam Morrill, hanging out in quarantine. Very funny uh, conversation with her. Joel McHale. And Joel fucking McHale back on KFC radio. 
just doing interviews in the only way he knows how to do them, where he just fucking makes us uncomfortable and makes fun of us. <laughs> so we had two big interviews. Gotta give an enormous shout out to Machine Gun Kelly. New videos out. We knew it was coming. He said, be on the lookout. You, you guys, you got to see whose foot that is stepping on my face in the artwork. And then we saw who he was hanging out with. And we did a little creepy comparison on Google Foot Images. <laughs> and uh, we knew it was going to be Megan Fox. But that video, she saw it. It's, it's, you could call like, you could probably say I'm a prisoner of the moment type deal. And I'm, because I'm saying that's the hottest I've ever seen Megan Fox. And there are lists of other times to see it. But I, I truly believe this that there's no sexier version of a girl or a woman than just like rocking out. Right. Cause that's like primal shit where it's just like, fucking. there's no dance moves or shit. Like, like you see Shakira fucking her hips don't lie. That's sexy. You see twerking. That's sexy. You see, uh, I don't know, a girl spinning in a daisy field. That's sexy to country music. Sarah McLaughlin. Maybe it's all sexy. It turns out a woman's body moving is attractive, but there's nothing better than just the straight up, like let and loose going bananas. Cause well, that I agree with that, but I also believe that that punk rock shit is right up your alley. Of I, mean, I mean, when I showed, let me, let me tell you folks something. I showed John, John Henry, the, the picture of Selena Gomez. And he was like, where she shaved her fucking head. And what'd you say to me? I said, I didn't need to see her head. I saw the hair on the floor and said, hot. <laughs> <laughs> like every other guy in the world is like, don't ever cut your hair. Long hair is beautiful. Longer hair is always sexier. You might be able to pull off the bald look, but why would you? And then there's John who's like, let me rub that cue ball, baby. Let me rub that beach fuzz head. It is more like than the... The look itself, it's the look inside it provides. Where it's like, yeah. Oh, you're the kind of girl who would do that. Fuck. Yes, I get that. I get that. Uh, that's that's still a fucking hell of a move. Uh, she, I think she went off the deep end secretly, or maybe not even so secretly, with Bieber. I feel like she's just, she's just fucking out there. Uh, but if she ain't careful, Colson, MGK, is going to scoop her up too. MGK goes from fucking Halsey to Kate Beckinsale, to Summer Rae, to Megan Fox in a calendar year. In a calendar year in which we're in May. <laughs> it's not yet. <laughs> but <laughs> and for two of those months, you weren't allowed to see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that all, that all started like in 2020, didn't it? I, I wrote, I wrote the blog about Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Uh, no more than a couple months ago being like, what the fuck is going on? And since then it was like picking them off. And if you had to ask me to make a Mount Rushmore, it would be those four. You wouldn't, yeah, you, no one would fight you. They go, oh, those are some good points. And it's like, oh, your Mount Rushmore is my dating life for the last three months. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he's going to be like an actor. I mean, he's popped up in, uh, he was in Bird Box. He's popping up in King of Staten Island. We got, uh, later today, we're going to do an interview with uh, Bill Burr that'll be out next week. King of Staten Island is a fucking awesome movie. Awesome movie. I don't want to talk about it now because we'll be talking about it on later episodes, but uh, a lot of good shit out there. So uh, shout out to MGK. Go watch the Bloody Valentine video. It's unbelievable. Let's get into it for the rest of the episode here. Listen up. We've got some tea and you all are going to be obsessed. We spoke with the Abercrombie team and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop. Well, 
we lost it because as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend and all their customers were like, hey, we spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days and then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. Hey, before we get into anything else, Mm -hmm. I got a little take, I think. Not a take. It's just something that's still been on my mind since we, f- we first started talking about that Nelson dude. Uh-huh. I think he was born unfortunately attractive. Where he's like, like, you can see like he has jaw structure and stuff like that. Where like he was probably considered to be an attractive kid. In like the caveman era? <laughs> It like, but like, I, I just, I, I'm imagining it just shrunk down and like, I yeah. can see it like working. Whereas I think I'm the exact opposite. And I was fortunately like not. So, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a fucking all on this spectrum of things. Like, I'm luckily ugly. How's that? Or I'm pleasantly ugly. Like, you're, meaning you're not ugly enough that you're hideous, but you're ugly enough that you have a good personality and you. Right. I'm ugly enough that I had to make friends as a kid. Right, and I'm ugly, and I'm I'm not ugly enough to the point where they were scared of me, and that was hard. Mm -hmm. But I had to have the personality to do it, and then, but like they weren't, they didn't think I was gonna like shoot the school, right? It wasn't like that ugly, like so. It it wasn't. (laughs) You imagine if it was like, oh god, I got to this parent teacher conference with the ugly kid. He might fucking shoot this place up. He's so gross. Like, like like they're definitely teasing him every day. Like, like you know what I mean? Like parents weren't scared of me. I was perfectly unassuming. You want to be not so ugly, you're scary, but not so pretty, you're lame. Right. Where right. it's just like, I, I can see him being like, I'll just take ancient Greek. Like, oh. I look like a Greek statue, don't I? And he does. But the, I just think that he, there's something about his picture and the smile. It's all in the smile. He gives that like, like he's content smile. Like, like me. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. been happy the whole time because I look like this and it's like you don't look like what you think you look like that's the problem that's- <laughs> oh that's so true that guy that guy has body dysmorphia in the in the wrong direction like, he looks <laughs> in the camera in the in the screen and he's fucking Brad Pitt and it's like and you know what's unbelievable I guess this kind of goes uh, uh, back to the Joe Rogan thing you were talking about similar but a little different is like it all depends on what circle you run in right that guy you know probably thought he made it and it's all good and if he were to like step into a, a, a barstool party or something like that, people would throw fucking tomatoes and heads of lettuce at him. Like you stay, dude. It's like, it's all relative, you know, until you're, if you're an asshole really, cause it's just like, if you're, you know, nice to people and you have a good personality, but I guess you can't do that when you're born with a fucking ancient Greek head. But it's, it's like you, you can always be the loser. You can always be the asshole and it can change like that. 
So important lesson to learn. We'll do we'll do a little bit of it right here. We'll do a little MI the asshole. Um, actually, no. First, I want to do this. Is the Pandora uh, sponsor is is bringing you uh, today's reader DM? If you want to DM us with any questions or anything, let us know. Um, I got this this message from this dude today, and I don't know what to tell this cat. I mean, I do know what to tell this cat, but he says my wife's been gaining a lot of weight since quarantine. Some weight is whatever, but it's gotten to the point where she's buying new clothes because none of her normal clothes are fitting. I literally spent the week eating all the bad food in my house so she couldn't eat it. Then I told her I'm going to go on a diet and bought all, all healthy food. I come home yesterday to a goddamn pretzel maker and an air fryer. Any advice uh, what I should do without me sounding like a shallow asshole? Now, I think I think anytime you're you're considering commenting on your significant other's weight, it's got to be like life and death type shit. Otherwise, you should probably leave it alone. But if you're buying a fucking pretzel maker, we're talking like soft pretzels at home. That seems a bit gratuitous. No <laughs> soft pretzel. The fryer fryers can fly, but but a soft pretzel maker at home. Like if, if I was getting if I was putting on some pounds and you were like, yo, dude, you might want to tighten up. I'd be like, fuck off. If I was putting on some pounds and I was dropping donuts into a deep fryer in my kitchen, I think you're within your grounds to be like, maybe we should pump the brakes. The problem is when it's from a male to a female, you're always in dangerous territory. Yeah, but this is coming from someone who has an ice cream maker and it's never been used but purchased which I think is worse than using it probably right. just like being in that mental state like sure we're gonna have you're so fucking fat you bought it like you, like again like it's the mentality of the girl shaving her head yeah. you have the mentality of I need my own ice cream maker <laughs> like, and, then, and then I got here and it was like a bunch of instructions like I'll just go get Ben and Jerry's right. um, <laughs> but the, uh, the, the the thought process behind that is one that needs to be nipped in the bud you you gotta say hey, I I don't know I always just go with like just say it see what happens oh I don't know man wife is different too by the way wife's different than girlfriend like my my question when I hear these things are would you rather have a little bit of a fat wife or a wife who now fucking hates your guts because you called her fat and that's up to you but like I, I don't know I think I just have more hope in humanity than if I was just like. Don't do that. Hey. That's stupid. But I was like, look, like, what's what's going on? Like, are you okay? For, I started with depression, of course. Like, hey, babe, are you not doing too well mentally? And <laughs> because, she's going to say, you think I'm so fat and gross that I'm depressed? Like, but, like it's it's a fair question in a pandemic. Like, people are, you know, mental health is fucking all over. Babe, like, babe, how are you holding up right now? Because. Because you're not holding up well. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it doesn't look like you are at all. Because you look like a fucking mess. <laughs> no. Like, like, how about this? How about this? How about this? You say, look, if I came home one day and the kitchen was a mess and the bedroom was a mess and like the blankets were all over the couch, I'd say, hey, maybe this person isn't doing too good. That's well, you. Let's, let's say that the house is your body. How are you doing? <laughs> it's a, your, your body is a temple and the temple's a fucking wreck right now. And the temple, Jesus just came and saw you were selling fucking golds and stuff. So he fucking turned the place upside down. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you're, you are right in like a literal sense that you should be able to say these things. And if it's getting bad enough that you have to buy a whole new wardrobe and like, yeah, but 
I am a firm believer that your wife, any wife, all women, I'm painting you with a broad stroke. You guys just don't ever forget shit. And at the top of the list will be the time that your husband called you fat to your face. I'm concerned, I'm concerned about your health, Kevin. No, doesn't work. Does it? Doesn't matter. I mean, look, if we're being dead honest, I'd never say anything. Okay, good, good. But, but, but it's just, I'm, I'm just making a, a spin for, it's within reason. Like It is. Like, but here's if, the problem. When you, that's one of the first questions they ask, like, if I get any severe uh, weight swings. Yeah, I put on 40 pounds in a pandemic. Okay, sounds like things aren't going too well. <laughs> I, I What you're doing, though, is you, and, and you, you run into trouble when you do this. When you approach your your female, or just it could go both ways. So when you approach your relationship problems with logic, it doesn't work because you're talking about an illogical thing. You're talking about emotions and feelings and an illogical arrangement where you only fuck this person and hang out with this person forever, and it's just not gonna work. I think it will. Uh, let's 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 pose this question then, because we have a lot of uh, female listeners. Look at you twisting your mustache like a like an evil. You look like you're about to. You look like, you're about to tie me to the train tracks and like. If I can do this, maybe I will shave my face. Oh, if you get the wax and you start twisting it, oh yeah, oh yeah, I love it. You look. You need to get a monocle and a pocket watch, and you need to become like an evil cartoon character. That kind of kind of sick, uh, but sorry, what were you saying about to the female listeners? Uh, I was just so immensely turning on. Let's ask the the female ladies for next episode. What do you think? Being honest, your boyfriend or significant other or whatever could say to you to make you like take note of your weight without you being like, "I'm going to rip your fucking face off." I want to see if there's any answer at all, and I think they're all going to be fucking liars because I don't think there is one. What if I went, what if I just shook my belly and I went like, like kind of like when you see, like it gave you a Jeep wave. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We're belly brothers. Like, you like, hey, we both got one. Pretty cool. <laughs> like, like you finish up, uh, you finish up your homemade pretzels and you eat the air fried fucking donuts or whatever. And you go, Hey babe, me and you, we're belly brothers now. Look at that, huh? And you make it like a funny thing. And then she goes, what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah make it you we got the same size belly. Or like, like, here's the range I have. I can have all the emotions, and I can do all the things that someone would do. Here's here's sadistic John sliding in for a quick second here. Just touch it all the time. That's it. Do do the, do the pillow. No, 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 not anything like that. Just casual touches all the time. Every time you're laying down, just place your hand there. When you put you put your <laughs> in there because because you freak out whenever like you think you're a little fat right whenever you touches anything <laughs> it's horrified yo <laughs> sadistic is the right word that's yeah, like there's always mental warfare cuddling just i just touch it i'll never say anything i just touch it a lot dude mental terrorism right there but it's not terrorism because i'm just telling you what you already know i'm just i'm telling you what you already know through osmosis it's scientific <laughs> Science, bitch, you're fat. <laughs> like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just touching your fat area, and you're thinking that's a little fat. <laughs> well, we know who the asshole is today. It's John. Let's get into Am I the asshole? I never do that. But yeah, I uh, you had the idea. You know I what I always know say? Every, you know I what know how every person works in the whole world. 
when I tell people like if you if you're able to write a movie like Saw or Hostel, you should just be locked up because you're a sick fuck. If you can even come up with the idea of just touching your girlfriend's fat until she gets rid of it, you're a it's sick never, fuck. Not, ex- not aggressive grabbing, not saying anything. Casual loving touches. That makes it worse. <laughs> I know you're it like, does. Oh, I know it does. Yeah, like petting your fat. Oh my god. Nah, just, just like 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 I'll do it on my titty right now. Oh, no. Please don't. (laughs) Please fucking don't. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. So, am I the asshole? We got a couple of good ones here today. Uh, I made sure to make note of them as I stumbled upon them each week, uh, throughout the week here. Uh, We'll start off with one of my favorites ever. Am I the asshole for being mad? That my boyfriend dedicated his book to O.J. Simpson instead of me. My boyfriend of five years has many great traits, but the one very weird quirk is that he's convinced O.J. didn't do it. He's seen every documentary, every miniseries, and he still thinks O.J. is innocent. His explanation of who he thinks did it is probably even crazier than O.J. Truthers, but he's not a conspiracy theorist other than this, so I mostly let it go. Who could it be? I, maybe the son. That's always the craziest one, right? Is that it's OJ's yeah. son? Uh, he spends a lot of time reading about OJ, watching about OJ-related content, and it's just become a hobby that I ignored. He recently self-published a book unrelated to OJ. It's just science fiction. I read all his drafts. I help him edit. Perhaps narcissistically, I thought I'd be the person whom he dedicated the book. It wasn't until I ordered that I opened it and saw it was dedicated to fucking OJ. Now, I know it's his right to do whatever he wants, but I wouldn't have been upset if he dedicated it to his mom or something. But he's never even met OJ. He said he hoped the book would go big, people would buy it and be thrown off by the dedication, which talks about OJ being innocent, and this would open Pandora's box to the world. I asked him why not just write a book about OJ then, and he said because it would be harder to market given that he wasn't involved in the case and isn't in law. So his hope was to write a science fiction book, Seemed odd to me, but he's usually a writer. That would be the next viral novel with the secret agenda of highlighting O.J. Simpson. He was hoping O.J. himself would see it. I'm aware O.J. isn't even in jail. My boyfriend acts like he is. He says even if O.J. is free, he's not truly free because people only know him as that, quote, that man who killed his wife and not as a great athlete. He's telling me none of this affects me, so I'm in the wrong to be so offended. But come on, this just feels like a delusion, and it makes me angry that I helped him edit a book that turned out to be some sort of OJ-related plot. I mean, I like this guy. Love he is the asshole. Well, <laughs> I can't decide if it makes him less or more of the asshole. If you were just like, I, I, want, to, I want to dedicate it to OJ, fine. But the idea that he was like, I'm going to write a book to go viral, to wedge in my agenda that has to do with the very first page. Yeah, no, I take it back. He's a smart marketer. I love it. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and, and, like, and I don't even think about science fiction, but I'm going to write a story about vampires and, and fucking werewolves and teens having sex and all the shit that, like, usually goes viral. And I'm going to make sure you know that OJ's innocent first. 
In fact, he's such a great marketer that now I'm now the wheels are turning. He this girlfriend doesn't even exist. This is just him. Because like now oh. I need to read this book. I need to read that fucking uh yeah the, the dedication. I need but you know what's also a very funny OJ phenomenon? Like oh. I always forget he's innocent. Like when people like have conspiracies like who could have done it? I'm like, oh yeah, like poor OJ's locked up. No, he's not. He's out making TikToks. OJ was found innocent or not guilty. You know, it's right. different, but it's not different. Right. I mean, he didn't, OJ go, to didn't go to jail. Like, right. Can you imagine dedicating your life to getting someone out of jail who never went to jail for, for that crime? <laughs> like, I, I got to clear his name. OJ's smoking cigars on the golf course. Like, thanks for your hard work, buddy. <laughs> so, I mean, OJ probably would, would love this guy, right? And I can't imagine OJ have, makes many new friends. I'm sure he'd roll out the red carpet for this guy. He, he does. First of all, this guy's definitely from Buffalo, right? He, yeah. Or I guess he's from USC. From yeah, I mean, you could have a couple different ties, but I would imagine, you know, the juice is loose type days whereas with Buffalo. I, I You think OJ has a, a, a healthy social life? Yeah. OJ really? Simpson... And I want everyone to listen to this because I've said some things in the podcast that were like, could be misconstrued as depressing. I didn't want them to be depressing. This one's going to be depressing. OJ Simpson has significantly more friends than you. And a, significant- <laughs> <laughs> and, and a significantly better life. Right. Like, yeah. like, like, OJ Simpson has, you might, you might have one good friend. OJ has a lot of friends who would do anything for him. That's just a fact. He has – you see him in the fucking uh, – the baseball, uh, the draft rooms and stuff like that. OJ's life, far better than yours. I believe I saw someone tell me uh, that Ahmad Rashad, because he's been on The Last Dance a lot, I think Ahmad Rashad had OJ Simpson and Bill Cosby in his wedding. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's Unbelievable. so great. Unbelievable picture. How many people in this world have a rapist and a murderer – as their groomsmen that aren't murderers and rapists themselves. Like Ahmad Rashad, good guy, normal guy. I just happen to be friends with mur- rapists and murderers. It's, the, I, I don't it's think like, there's many. I think he's like one of like single digits. It's, it's not even like rapists and murderers do them a disservice. They're infamous rapists and murderers. The, the most prolific rapist maybe ever. And like the most cold calculated, like, you know, murder ever. It's, it's it's legendary stuff, and guess what? Dude, way better. Ahmad Rashad opens up his fucking photo album from his wedding. He's just got rapists and murderers everywhere. That's so fucking funny. Your wife, when you get married, I, wives are always like, you know, careful about who's going to be in the wedding and who's going to be in the pictures and how it's going to look. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah, OJ's here and Bill's here. Awesome. And then 10 years, 20 years, whatever, any years later, she's like, you ruined our whole fucking wedding after the fact. I, I think it's a long time, but like also at the time, probably two of the safest picks. Right. Like, like, like they were just like the happy-go-lucky guys and they were like cracking OJ jokes. was the rock, the first the rock. And uh, fucking Bill Cosby was America's dad. You couldn't have two safer guys in there. Right. And it just, I mean, it makes me think that Ahmad Rashad's probably like a pedophile. I mean, what's next? What else is coming out of that fucking wedding? Ahmad Rashad's probably got bodies in the basement, too. You know, it's not just coincidence. He's like 42. He's like 70 something. He's like, he's got some blood transfusion going on. Maybe like a blood farm in the basement. I don't know if that's a thing, but it might be. 
More likely than not at this point, I'll believe anything that comes out of the fucking Ahmad Rashad camp. Uh, so I, I, I guess we're both in agreement then that uh, this guy's not the asshole. Yeah, not the asshole. Smart guy. Good fellow. Yeah, yeah. Love yeah, I'd love to hang out, read your book out loud. We'll do a table read or something. Sounds great. If you happen to be listening to this, send us a copy. Am I the asshole for refusing my soon-to-be divorced sister and my niece to move in with me because it would ruin my sex life? Her husband kicked her out within the past few days, so she's currently staying with a friend. It seems like they've been headed down this road for a while, but finally the dam broke and they officially split. She asked if she could stay with me until she finds a new apartment, which she thinks may take several weeks or longer. I told her she could not. The reason is because I recently started dating a new girl and I'm having some of the best sex of my life. It's definitely the most adventurous. So if my sister and niece moved in, it would really kill off a lot of the fun and we'd have to be a lot more restrained. Our parents live about an hour away. So although it would be a lot more inconvenient since my sister works in the city and would have a long commute, uh, she, it's not like she's without options. She may also be able to find a friend willing to let her stay with her if she looked, but I concede that it would be the most convenient if she stayed with me, but this guy wants to get his fuck on. I don't, I think saying it like you would ruin your sex life makes you the asshole. Just say it'll ruin your life. That's true too. I, I don't think anybody should ever feel like they have to like let someone move into their spot. Although I will say if like your sister and her daughter get kicked out by the husband and are out on the streets. And- oh, it's sister. I thought it was sister-in-law. No, it's sister and niece. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, again, you can say no, but don't tell me it's because you're getting your fuck on. If you can, if you say like, I don't really have space or like this neighborhood's not safe for your daughter or like I, I work from home and it's just not going to work. Even then it's still like, boy, you're pretty, you're a pretty shitty brother, but okay. But to just be like, I got this new hot piece of ass and we're doing role play and hanging from the ceiling and shit. And, and I can't have him see that. Especially if it's like, um, like I, I, it's so hard to know right now. Like, by the way, wait a minute. You thought this was the sister-in-law? I thought, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Imagine I if, imagine if your brother was like, all right, I'm getting a divorce. And you were like, okay, she's living with me, dude. I, I thought like I don't know I hear niece and for some reason it just makes oh, it so more yeah, yeah, yeah. to me right right that makes sense I get it um but the uh, <clears throat> what was I gonna say oh it's so weird how like the country's just everyone's in a different thing so I'm like in my head I'm like well in the middle of a pandemic like yeah but it's not really who cares go just go an hour away like what's work and all this yeah. stuff but. Like also, in the middle of the pandemic, like I don't want you in my house. I'm here all the time. I like yeah. my fucking privacy. Again, that, that's I think you're within your rights to ever say whether it's family, friends. I don't want to live with you, but I don't think you can disclose that it's because you're having kinky sex. It's I mean you're an insane person if you do that, but it's just yeah. But you're an asshole. You're just within your you're an asshole. Who, you're what, not- what if what if he was just like. I'm seeing this new girl and like we spent a lot of time together and my apartment's small and like, I just think it would be awkward. Does that make it better? Not really. You're still an asshole. Now she's probably, she's probably going to hate that girl. If you stay together, the, I, I think you got to be like, look, I would really prefer if you went elsewhere, if you have nowhere else to go and it's yeah, impossible. Like your absolute last resort. Fine. That, I throw that out all the time. People know it's a, it's a soft. No, you just hit them with soft nose. Like, look, if you can't find anyone else, I'll do it. Well, or, well, you know, you got to be like, guess what? Because then you put the onus on them. 
If if you say if you can't find if you absolutely can't find anyone else, I will do it. Then if they come back to you, they're the asshole. I also feel like you could maybe hatch yourself a sunny esque plot where it's like, yeah, come on, move in, and then you have them show up, and there's like you trash the place, you leave needles around, you have like your buddies passed out naked. It's like, oh, I I thought you knew. This is just like how my apartment is. Yeah, I'm not changing my lifestyle for you and your child. I'll give you a roof, but we're gonna be like you know fucking blowing lines and like you know playing with knives and shit. And then again, it's up to you, and and she'll be out of there pretty fucking quick. Gotta use your head here, people. Come on, don't be so obtuse. Uh, we'll do one more quick am I the asshole we'll get into our voicemails and then we'll wrap it up for the day uh, John this one goes out to you and a little a little Russell Brand action I 27 uh, male told my girlfriend 28 we could introduce role play and it's become a nightmare basically it's uh, girlfriend and I let's call her April have been together for two years now about six months back she tells me she's always wanted to try role playing but she didn't know how to bring it up. Of course, I told her I was open to trying what she liked because it didn't cross any lines for me. We did some light role play stuff later that week, just the kind of cliched thing that was honestly kind of cringy and how cliched it was. Uh, someone, it sounded to say some of the stuff, but was very sweet to see how she got into it and she was cute and how excited she became about doing the other scenarios in the future. This made her more comfortable with it, and she seemed to let her guard down about bringing up new scenarios and characters, so now it's a regular thing. Guys, the problem is she's absolutely awful at it. Like, man, it's super great to see how much love she loves doing this, and it doesn't make me feel unsafe or uncomfortable or anything, but it's getting physically difficult to handle how bad of this, some of the stuff is. Firstly, once she settles into characters and setting, she overcommits to make it sexual. Like, she kind of watched the cheesy video store pornos from the 80s and 90s, And she thinks that's how you make a scenario sexy. She makes all of our characters have sex puns in their names, like Queen Ejizabeth and Wild Bill Bigcock. Yes, those are real examples. And then tries to work in sexy dialogue that goes over like a lead balloon. Like while playing with a pirate theme, she told me to give her my to give her my treasure map or she'd come and make me cock the plank. I kind of wanted to say no just to call her bluff and make her explain what the holy hell that would actually mean. (laughs) Kind of ironically, when you take it along with the first thing, she decides on a genre, she really commits to it, establishing the setting to the point that it sometimes feels like she's more interested in that than the actual sex, which again, I'm fine with. And if she wanted to just sit down and make up stories with me, I'd be totally down. But it's hard to get back into the mood after having to look up whether Wyoming was a territory of the state in the 1860s. I mean, it, it almost, as I read more, it's getting totally out of fucking control. I don't even know if it's real, but... I mean, you can't ever go full role play. You can't. It's like, like what you can't go, especially how fast it went. Like it was like, like what if someone was like, I'd like to try like getting like spanked, and then like in a week I'm just beating the shit out of you. <laughs> like, like you can't go from fucking like, hey, you want to try light role play to writing scripts to have sex? <laughs> like you can't go method act on my ass like that. That's fucking. I gotta memorize lines for our role play. We've gone too far. Okay, like like I'm going over our our monthly finances and trying to figure out how we're losing money in quarantine and figure out we're spending ten thousand dollars a week at Costume Palooza. (laughs) What are we doing here, man? Like you you can't have it. Out of everything, 
That's the one bridge I've never really crossed or had an interest to cross. It's like I've crossed it, but yeah, no, we know you have. I mean, I, have I? I guess I guess I've done like she's been in like a costume or like sexy like lingerie or whatever, but like never pretended. Well, there's a huge difference. Let's let's rattle that back real quick. Sexy lingerie and a costume are very different things. Yeah, What's yeah. Fun? I mean, like like a like a slutty like a slutty costume, like a slutty nurse or a slutty this or that. I feel like not I'm, on Halloween. No, maybe it was Halloween. Well, if it wasn't Halloween, I got a little, little information for you. You've role played. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, I if 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 I've ever even done it, it's been more like. You, I don't know. You do it, and I'll just like give you the dick. You know what I mean? I've never like said like, okay, I'm the doctor, or like I'm from the army, or some shit like that. I certainly never pretended to be Russell Brand, but hello, I am from army. (laughs) (laughs) I have come back from the war. (laughs) I just, to me, that's like uh, we don't need that. Let's just be perverted. Let's just be deviants. Let's just do weird shit to each other's bodily, like all your holes, whatever. I'm I'm back from war. I smuggled back a very, very dangerous weapon that no one knows how to use but you. <laughs> Look at you! Look at you, Johnny! You're a regular fucking actor, huh? all boned up over here! <laughs> uh, uh, I think you're the asshole if you're fucking... You need the method act to have sex with me, so... Uh, fuck well, if you have to, like... If you need me to method act as well. If you have the method act, I get it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a lot of acting going on when you're having sex with me. It's just whether or not you're doing it publicly and, <laughs> and in the form of a character. Uh, all right, voicemail time. Shall I take your order or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hey, Fancy Fight Super Producer BC. If your life has to be one category of movie, what would you want it to be? So your entire life is a romantic comedy, an action movie, etc. Thanks. Bye. Excuse me? What? What kind of movie to want my life to be? Yeah, go ahead. What do you, what do you answer? I mean, I guess it's a li- now that I've dragged it out, it's a little bit harder to decide if I want to be a musical or a romantic comedy, but I could just be fucking both. Uh, I, I challenge both of those, sir. Like, I want my life to be Fast and the Furious. Fast and Furious is fun. A lot of fighting, <laughs> though. Yeah, well, you know, that's... Well, but you'd be fighting. that guy. Huh? You'd also, like, be the fighting type of guy, no? No, it's you. It's your life, right? Like... Well, all right. I mean, if that's the case, then, I don't know. I fucking want the, mov- the movie where you just, like, film a guy sitting on the couch for the rest of his life. <laughs> well, I mean, the, but, like, romantic comedies are a fantastic genre. I would, uh, I would have a black... I agree, but it also is pretty exhausting in its own right, because... You just you're gonna get the girl, lose the girl, have to win the girl back. You marry the That's girl. All she the breaks fun up. parts. You're just describing the fun parts. No, it's not. It's been the movie. It's not the fun part when the girl finds out that the only reason you were dating her in the first place was because of a bet, but you actually fell in love with her, and you've got to convince her you're real about it. That's all I think. That's it. Sounds like an absolute blast. Like no like, like a walk in the way. park. I mean, a, a lot of fun. Um, but musicals. 
I guess like if I'm having a down day, I might not want to sing, but then I just sing like this. <laughs> so yeah, no, I just I'll just do that. It's, it's a musical. It's a romantic comedy musical for sure. What's the last one you would want? Fast and the Furious musical. Fast <laughs> and the Furious musical. Well, I, 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 I'd be singing like, I know we are going very fast. Fast, fast, fast. I won't come in last. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a little Dom Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time sing, sing song. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Uh, and we're going... We're going a quarter mile. I haven't seen Dom Toretto's file anywhere. I can't find it. <laughs> well done. Well done. All right. Musical, romantic comedy. I feel like sci-fi would be a disaster. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like uh, thriller or horror obviously is out the window. I'm just living uh, porno. Can you give me an NC-17? No, that's that's on the list after Fast and Furious musical. <laughs> <laughs> Next up. Hey, boys. I was just watching some clips of Ink Master on YouTube, that tattoo show where they actually tattoo on live uh, people. I don't know if they're volunteers. I don't know if they're getting paid. But sometimes the tattoos come out great. Sometimes they come out absolutely terrible. And obviously they're permanent for life. I know Fred's got a couple tattoos. I'm not sure if uh, KFC has any. But what is your price point to go on that show, that show and for them to give you a tattoo? I mean, it's interesting timing because I feel like Feidelberg is going to say like zero dollars. You're ready to just let anybody ink you up. But it's like I have a say in what's getting put on. Yeah, that's this is one where like they like try and do something awful, right? I think, and and if it's not what he's talking about, let's talk about that. It was the Snooky show where it was like you tattooed what on me, and like people were tattooing like dicks and assholes and like crazy shit on people's bodies, and then it was like surprise. Which is like, oh, my body's like, fucking ruined for life. On your chest, too. Right. Like, it wasn't just like on an ass cheek or whatever. Right. So, no, I wouldn't want like something offensive. Or like, I'll have something stupid, but as long as like, it's stupid, that means something. Like, price tag for a swastika. Boy. Hundred and eighty bucks? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's much higher. <laughs> Yo, here's the thing. You could just like fill it in and have it be like a black square. What what if okay, how about this? How about if you have to have it you have to get a swastika tattooed on you? But you have to defend it every time, not as a white nationalist. As it was actually the Hindu symbol for peace. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean that. It didn't always mean that. I swear. What if you did it like we were taking it back? Like, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, re- we're reclaiming the swastika. My name is Adolf, and this is no longer a, a sign of hate. We're bringing it back. Yeah. Like you do like the American History X, the pull down. Like, yeah. Do this means, to see what this means? It means I hope you have a great day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I have just recently gotten over the idea of getting a tattoo that I do want, let alone one I wouldn't want. I mean, 
it's got to be a, a, a good, like, life-changing amount of money. Not, like, life-changing, but I'm also not doing it for, like, a couple hundred bucks. Right. It would be, but, like, I mean, you're a fool if you turn down any tattoo for, like, 500, 100 grand. You're foolish. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was thinking, you know, if you offered me, again, I get, I get saying what it is. Like, if you gave me like ten grand, I'd be, like, yeah, sure, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, for no say, no say, a hundred grand. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, a hundred grand is like roulette. Like, just put my arm out, and I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and if we're, and if you're intentionally telling me it's anything horrifically hateful or racist. We've got to be like half a million dollars a year. I, yeah, I think you, I think you just got to cross races on the table. Like yeah. you, you, you gotta just keep your body pure in that. But like, if you draw like a dick on my arm, like whatever, I got a hundred thousand dollars, right? <laughs> I'm right. Here. I, a lot of cashiers are about to see this tattoo. Is like, fucking <laughs> man, 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 man. Uh, all right, last voicemail of the day. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hey, what's up, quarantine cuties? I was just, uh, I had a question for you guys. I'm driving on my way to work, and a stranger coming the other way on the other side of the road flashes the high beams at me, which we know usually is a cop up ahead. Sure enough, about a half mile up, cop running radar, saved me from a possible ticket. So I was just wondering, what are some of the top things that Strangers do. Like, that guy didn't need to do that. He could have just let me go by. What are the top things that strangers do just to make someone else's day better? Pay for that kind of stuff. That's a good question. What are, what are the best Good Samaritan things you can do out of just the generosity of your heart? Um, I think uh, my I'm a big have a great day guy. Like, the like I I hit it hard. Like I like when that person goes home that night, they remember. Like, like that eye contact. I genuinely mean it. I want your day to be great. Like I don't want my friends' days to be great. I don't really care, but I genuinely mean it when I'm talking to a cashier or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And like you my my tone is is beautiful. Like I I know there are people who remember me to this day. They tell they tell tales over Thanksgiving dinner table. Like this guy, I, I haven't had a bad I day. Had the since. greatest day. Yeah, like, because like, he told me to. I've been on a just a run of unbelievable fucking bull Chicago Bulls ass days because <laughs> of of what his uh, his advice was. Um, I'm a big. Uh, I tell people when their flies down. Oh, yep. Which is That's awkward because it's like, yeah, I was looking at your dick for some reason. But when people look at that and then just let someone go into work or go into the meeting or walk into the restaurant or the bar, I'm like that's got to be fucking mortifying for that guy. I just give a lean, a little lean over it. I'll be like, barn doors open, bro. Whatever it is. And they're always like, oh, shit, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> so I'm up, uh, almost anything else. I'll let you walk around with shit in your teeth, 
your hair's messed up, you're, you're staying on your shirt, whatever, I'll be like, oh, that's embarrassing. But if you if your dick is almost out, I'll give you a little nod, let you know. The uh, the gas up, I think, is this is awesome. Um, that thing is ridiculous. <laughs> um, the ga- <laughs> the gas up. I, I I tell like everyone I like their clothes. I think. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think- but here's the problem. I know you do that now. But but it does. But yeah, you do. But when I say it to you, I genuinely mean it. Sometimes. Well, I'll- do you? Huh? Do you? Yeah, with you all, without with you, I'll only go out of my way. But with like someone I don't know as well, if they're like talking to me, uh-huh. I was like, oh, by the way, there's a six shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give them a little something. Yeah, yeah just compliments. Just a compliment here and there. It goes a long fucking way. We, we told it, talked about it a million times. If you, if you just compliment a guy, you'll have him eating out of the palm of your hand. In 100%. Seconds. Oh, my Man, God. You're, you're so handsome. I mean, I'll suck your dick right now. Yeah. Like, if you're looking for to, to just own a man, well, again, it doesn't doesn't matter hetero homo whatever way you want to do it like just say something nice yep like oh my because we're so goddamn toxic and broken because we never fucking hear them we never hear it at all so all you got to do is say one nice thing about us and we're like oh my god like god (laughs) your mustache looks fucking great like that man (laughs) (laughs) all right let us know tweet at us jim carrey and sonic (laughs) yeah you do you look like mr robotnik that's exactly what you look like you you are you look like the bad guy from the Fro- Frosty the Snowman. How can I do this? What do I need to do like does like regular hair paste work for this? Probably. I, I think there's something like mustache wax, but I think you could use like the, the Fleischmann hair paste and it would stay that way. From okay. What you gotta do is shave the rest now though. Well, I got it. I don't know. I'm nervous about that. Cause then it cause then it makes it stand out where like the right now it kind of blends into the other part of your face. You would look awesome. You'd look like Raleigh Fingers. <laughs> Look like goose sausage or whatever, right? <laughs> oh, well, we're gonna have to think about this one. Tweet at about, us at, at KFC Radio. All the other Good Samaritan uh, nicest things you can do for a uh, a fellow uh, stranger or whatever. Uh, all right, let's get into our interviews now. Uh, two big ones. We got uh, who did we decide? We got Taylor Tomlinson and we got Joel McHale. So. The High Noon El Prez Pack is here, featuring my top four High Noon Vodka Celtic flavors. These flavors include passion fruit, pineapple, pear, and all-new flavor, tangerine, all made with real vodka, real juice. This 12-pack is only here for a limited time, so get it while you can. Just look for the pack with my face on it. You can even scan the QR code in the pack and have me virtually join your party. Visit HighNoonSpirits.com to find the El Prez Pack nearest you. Let's get into our interviews. Taylor Tomlinson and Joel McKinnon. Ah, here we are. <laughs> I hear John that beautiful voice. Kevin. Let me see that beautiful face, though, Joel. I got you got to turn your are. camera on. Kifk. Yes. Uh, sorry for all the ambient noise in the background. It's I'm running a. Uh, it's uh, it's a. I don't know. I'm running a family here, so get used to it. <laughs> do you, do you, is your mic, uh, is your camera cut off right now? I only see your name. I don't see your face. John, can you see me? I can't. I see Joel. If you go to bottom left, there should be a, a camera icon. Sometimes it has a red strike through it. There we go. Ah, there he there is. He why, is. Did it, why did it do that? That's <laughs> didn't do it on the last two. So what the hell's going on with you guys? You sound very like calm and soothing right now, Joel McHale. 
It's my very white pandemic voice. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I have the I have a very large microphone that uh, I asked for the velvety fog <laughs> setting on the uh, microphone. So, are are you running a family at home? Uh, are you running homeschooling? Yes, it's yes. I'm Come doing on. all. I'm doing all the educating. It's very, you- very religious. Uh, <laughs> Very, watch you, out. You're making them kneel on beans when they get a question wrong? <laughs> yeah, I slap them across the wrist with a ruler like the nuns used to do to me. No. Um, Your kids are, they're kind of in that range where you kind of have to teach them, right? You're, what are you, 12 and 15? 12 and 15, but... Uh, uh, the worst. <laughs> Zoom school is not conducive to educating people. Uh, my my, I'm super ADHD and dyslexic, and my boys uh, have some of that, so it's fun. Good times. <laughs> they hit the genetic jackpot. I'm like, you're welcome, kids. Yeah. <laughs> my wife is my wife is not those things, and she's like, thanks. <laughs> well, you know, that's like you sit them down, and you're like, listen, you're you'll be over six feet tall, but like maybe you can't read good. You right. like superhero yeah. body, right? You got superhero genetics, superhero body, and also you like to run around a lot. Or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. That's um, I'm trying to you know make the male models. That's uh, <laughs> trying to breed them and uh, yeah, yeah, a little eugenics, no big deal. Yeah, oh, the project. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it is definitely yeah. It is it's fine, and it's we've gotten used to Zoom school, but it's not. Just not the same. No, no, man. I, my I my kids are much younger. They're four and two, and they I, we put the Zoom on, and it's just we just put it on, and then they run away, and we're like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna. I mean, right. like my kid has music class, and you know it's fine, but it's good. Uh, I mean, I'm glad they're doing it, but you know, there there's there, there's so many distractions around that it's hard to keep anybody. You can't even blame them, right? It's like I can't even focus. Right. So, right. Uh, how how are they how are the yeah so so on top of being now a teacher full time dad you're a busy dude man you got the new podcast you got new shows you might be the busiest guy in Hollywood right now seriously That's right. well uh, my goal was because all the A listers are like taking it easy they're like oh great I'll take a vacation and they all are just relaxing and I being you know like a D. Uh, like a D plus. Oh, stop. I got up to B minus at one point, but like a D, maybe a C. I'm like, I'm going to fill in this. I'm going to fill in this gap while this pandemic is happening. And are you regretting it yet? Oh, yes. This is it. (laughs) We all did this. We all did this. Everybody we've talked to, a couple of our colleagues, we all came up with new ideas. We were going to be the heroes. We're going to fill the void of sports. We're going to give you more content. And then like 70 days in, it was like, oh, fuck, I have a whole new job now. What have I done? Yeah, uh, I agree. I hosted two different charity events last weekend. And... Uh, and I was, and my wife was like, we don't see you anymore. I'm like, I don't see, I don't know what's happened to me. This is so very, <laughs> the, well, the other one, I, I watched a community Taylor read, which is incredible. How was, I have a lot of questions about that, but what was the other one? I did two others. Oh, I guess that was also one, but not really. That was a table. Read. No, I actually hosted the Los Angeles zoo fundraiser, which they had to cancel the gala. And then I hosted the union rescue mission, uh, which is downtown LA. They're the biggest homeless outreach in the city. Uh, and so they had, they you know, obviously all the galas were canceled, but we learned, they learned very quickly that when you do, uh, when you host something either over like YouTube or Facebook, or even like they rented a satellite truck for one of them, 
they saved so much money on the gala, mm. you know, like, cause those things you got to rent ballrooms and you got to get, bring all that stuff in. And it's, it's like half a million bucks starting, you know, if you right. want a nice fancy one in LA and they're like, we don't have to do this anymore. We can just do this. It's way more cost effective. So I'm glad they glad people. I mean, at one point the zoo website crashed because 150,000 people were watching it. Wow. And I'm, I'm just tooting my own horn because of me guys. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. know uh, because for the talent, but you, when it turns out, if you don't want to get all dressed up and all that stuff and drive across the city, you can just turn on your computer and they're like, donate five bucks and then boom. And there it is. See? So let me ask you this question. I've been talking to people in general, things like that, things like going to an office for work, social events, sporting events. How much do you think that that sticks around if, and when, we get the green light from people? Or do you think that galas and all that shit just starts up again? I think it's going to be very different. Um, I think once the vaccine is found and distributed, things will go back to kind like sporting events will. But I think the more every day, the more people are online doing their jobs, they're going to go, this is better than taking a two hour train ride from Connecticut to Manhattan. And I think like businesses especially like the banking sector, they're not going to need buildings anymore. And I think that this is a huge, I really do think it's a huge moment in our, uh, on, in, in the culture and on the planet, at least for like uh, America and Europe and Asia, where they're like, Oh, you don't have to do any of that stuff. The only what you, for people that have jobs that are could be uh, over just in their homes. And that, I think that's it. You obviously, there's going to be such a, I mean, Jeff Bezos is going to make so much more money than he already has. And, you know, once flights open up, that will, you know, there's going to be a lot of that. But, um, uh, but I think this is going to be a huge reshifting and people won't ever, people can live in Nebraska and work in New York. And it is uh, the, it's been funny too, not funny, but like hearing people say like, I got the, like, I'm going crazy in the house. Like it's bad for my mental health. And don't get me wrong. It absolutely poses its own concerns about mental health, but like what we were doing every day, where you like, again, like the two hour train ride, bustling people standing in line for mm-hmm. an hour at sweet green to eat your lunch on a walk back to the office. Not exactly like what you would want to build the foundation. You'd want to build your mental health on. Right. You can do it on a, a field in Nebraska. It's probably yeah. that. It does seem like when people, I mean, this is such a, such a, uh, you know, answer that is like when people like, I can't like before I had any success in acting, people thought I was nuts. My friends were like, you're, this is, what are you going to do for real? (laughs) And I'm like, no, this is the plan. And, uh, and then I was always like, doesn't it seem crazier that you would just go to the same spot for eight hours a day and come back and do that your entire life? That seems weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, it's, I guess it's all weird, but, um, but uh, yeah, no. So yes, I think you're right that like when I, like some of the commute, I mean, especially in a big city that some of the commutes, I, I, I just was like, Oh, I don't think I could ever really do that consistently. I'd have to just go into the woods somewhere and <laughs> it would, I'm the opposite of a woodsman, but we always like when we had an office in Boston and then we kind of, I drive in and I remember like every day I'd get home just angry. And it was like, this is crazy. I'd like, I would beat the shit out of my steering wheel. I'm a very level-headed person outside wow. of a car. Behind this... a car, it's like punching the roof, punching the steering wheel. It's always like the, the, the episode of Always Sunny when Dennis and uh, Mac moved to the suburbs. 
suburbs. And I was like, that's exactly what it was like. Where you just, you can can't ever unwind because you're too angry when you get home because of that person who didn't merge quick enough or whatever it is. Like, right? Yeah, pretty good. It's funny me. when you're telling your story and it was like, I would beat the shit out of my. I was like, oh, where's this gonna go? <laughs> I was like, I wonder if no, he's gonna I have a job in about doctor. two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no, no, the community table read was that good was transition. For, uh, yeah that was uh i I watched that and it was unbelievable my number one question how did you get pedro pascal uh gillian texted him and uh (laughs) yeah she knows him she they work together i know him i've known him for about five years and uh he actually i've been talking since the table read because I think he felt like he had screwed up because he was laughing so hard. But I was like, dude, it was the funniest thing in the whole thing. See, I was going to say exactly that, where I thought it's such a unique thing to see. I've never seen a table read ever. But like seeing someone who, I don't know if he's reading the script for the first time or if he'd seen the original episode or whatever, but where he was trying to act with the real actors was such a funny dynamic. And him trying to say uh, the sperm was coming every time was, (laughs) it was 10 out of 10 stuff. It was, he, it was some of the best content in quarantine, I thought. Yeah, no, it was some of the... His genuine reaction was remarkable. And uh, we, we asked Walton Goggins if he could do it because he played the original role and he was unavailable. And that's that's how we got, got Pedro. And uh, yeah, he so was just... Pedro Pascal to reference Chevy Chase's semen. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> over and over. I mean, we had the Mandalorian, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if only he pulls out a canister of semen during the, the next season. With oh, baby Yoda. <laughs> baby, yeah. Uh, uh, you've also got, uh, I believe your podcast, I would have to consider, like, I mean, Ken Jong is my arch nemesis. He is. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, okay. I'll Son let him know. We, well, Ken knows. We've had Ken on a handful of times. Yeah. He is. He's my arch rival and he's a real motherfucker to me. <laughs> and honestly, last time you came on our show, you just undressed us and psychoanalyzed us and clowned us, too. So honestly, the Darkest Timeline duo might be my, you know, I hate you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, all I would say to that is winter is coming. And. <laughs> Uh, we're going to put you, we're trying to actively put you out of business. Yeah. I I have a problem with this. Like we, we, I yelled at Whitney Cummings over this when she started her podcast. Like, no, no, you guys are famous. You're rich. You're successful. Stay out of our lane. Don't you know that there's rules to this? Yeah. Like there's only only so many advertisers. You get the fuck out of here. We're not doing a podcast in quarantine in a childhood bedroom like I'm doing right now. You don't get to do it. If you're you're doing a podcast in a home you own, not allowed. Oh, (laughs) yeah. No, I'm doing it for my guest house. Anyway. (laughs) Like, I mean, like your third guest was Andrew Yang, right? Yeah, that was that was our first guest. That was your first guest. Or that was your third episode, though? Was it my third episode? Either way. No, it was our second episode. It was our second Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. He, yes, I believe so. Yeah. He popped on. And I will say, I think Pedro's coming on next. So to <laughs> See, talk about that's yeah. just bullshit. Yeah. Is it, was there any plan with that? Was that strictly a quarantine thing or was that like, were you thinking about doing that? When we were you- like, how can we put those guys from Boston out of business? <laughs> oh, do it, do it. Uh, like, like, cause no, the so we had been, well, we had been talking about it and, 
but for months, months now, and we were not really, I was always like, we should really do this uh, because you and I, because whenever I'm on the phone with Ken, I'm on the phone with him for an hour and my wife will walk in and say, are you talking to your boyfriend? And I'll be <laughs> like, I am. Can you just hold on? And uh, so we do talk a lot. And I said, what if we, he, and he brought, I don't know who came with the idea, but I was like, we should talk about the pandemic because you're a doctor. And I am obsessed with the science. So if we can have an intelligent talk about the science, because the 24-hour news cycle is hard to, you can get it, but it, you kind of pulling stuff from different. So I was like, let's just talk about hard science. And um, and then we'll bring on community guests, but we're not going to watch shows back. We're not going to go, well, we just, uh, uh, we just, re-, so we weren't going to do that because I think I would be terrible at that. But uh, so... Uh, that's how it came together. And our schedules got immediately cleared. And as, but Kevin, as you were saying, like the schedules are so full. I've never been busier in my life. It's it's a frenetic busyness because your kids are always around and you're trying to do work. So your brain is always on as opposed to even when you're sitting in your car, punching the ceiling, you're alone. Mm-hmm. And you can you never realize how like not quiet your house is until you're trying to do a podcast or until I imagine like your kids are doing their music lesson in the other room. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I can hear absolutely everything in this house at all times. I've never realized that before. And right. there's no, you know, you go to work from, you know, relatively nine to five and then you're off. This is just 24 hours. Cause it's just, if you have a computer and a phone, you're doing content or when was the last time I came, I saw you guys in New York. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably like, Two years ago, it was definitely our old office. It was our bad. We we've since moved. We we moved up in the world a little bit. We've upgraded a little bit. And did you, John? John, you were dating the girl in South America. Yeah, uh, I wasn't dating. It, it didn't work out, but it was the right because uh, you screwed it up. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. She was like a princess, I'm, right? She's a I'm princess. Honored you remember this? Yes. Yeah, you really laid into me in that one. It was a it was a real come to Jesus moment I had like that night where I was like Joel McHale really laid out my life. Honestly, I don't know whether it was uh, you know conscious or subconscious, but since then I think John's been a new man. He's he's newly he's in a new relationship in love. He's got this great new beard. He's doing more work than ever. I think Joel McHale was the difference. Let's not go with great new beard. And uh, <laughs> I feel like your beard is very, you know, young country, Kevin. And John's beard is, um, hmm. my, I, it's well, part Amish, yeah. but part like um, Damian Lewis coming out of the hole, like episode one of Homeland, where oh. it's like it's like very stringy and red and gross. It out, it goes like long this way. <laughs> It goes like, I'm going to lose, like, you don't talk about like losing weight when you cut your hair. I'm going to lose 30 pounds when I shave my face. Like, yeah. No, you look like you run one of, of those bars here. that has axe throwing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you don't brew your own beer, but you're very concerned about it. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time you spoke to the princess? Uh, not too long ago. We, we, like, we keep in touch, but it's, it's not, uh, she's still down there. And you, and you just were not going to ever move there. No, I wasn't ever going to move there. It's it's a dangerous place, Joel. It's it's not the greatest. Yeah, but you would have been well protected. I would have been, yeah. But I'm I'm in, I'm in a relationship, Joel. I mean, I'm, she was I'm, a billionaire, right? No, I don't think Bill Bees would throw just her out. hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> right? That's a yeah. lot. Of, that's a lot of bulletproof SUVs. <laughs> <laughs> it's at least four because that's what picked me up at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> four of them showed up to get you. Yeah, yeah, caravans. An eight-man crew picked you up. 
It was, it was, I don't know if it was exactly four. It was more than one. Let's say that. It was, it was more and than her one. her father part. never tried to kill you after you broke up with her? <laughs> no, no. Not yet. It wasn't even a breakup. There was never, there was no breakup. There was no relationship. It just, it yeah, never worked her. out. Ask but her what I want to talk about is starter. I'm not letting you hijack this one again. <laughs> I'm so, wait. So <laughs> if go. I asked her the same, if I asked her the same question, there was never a relationship. There was never a commitment. Would she say the same thing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Kevin, I, you I, I, can, I can answer that one without blushing. For Kevin sure. doesn't believe it. No, I, no, I'm dead serious. I, I believe that they're, I believe him, but I also, you know, girls are always on a different page than the guy on these things usually. Yeah, I don't think so. I think there was, there was never like a relationship or commitment like that. There was probably a desire from both parties, but it just, it just logistically doesn't work out. Who did she marry? <laughs> she Nobody, asked. yeah, but you know what? That's uh, it's a good question. She's very mysterious. I don't know. She like, doesn't use social media. She's she's much like Star Girl and Star Man, right? <laughs> they use social media, and does she have a uh, power staff? Uh, Honestly, probably a yeah. golden rod that uh, can you know. So. Do you um, do you like being a superhero? Are you, are you, cause no, I, heard no, I hate it. Uh, Come no. on. There's all, there's a lot of pressures that come up being a superhero. You like the you suit? Be Jeff winger where you're like the cool bad boy. And that's kind of just, that's an easier thing to live up to. I think than a superhero. Uh, I wait to, for me or for wait, I have a lot. Well, no, for the superhero thing, you can, I can literally fly. So uh, I mean the character you're portraying, like uh, I, well, I feel like Jeff winger is very Joel McHale. I don't know if you're a superhero. Well, that tell my wife that because I don't sleep around and I'm not single. And, and I, you know I, what I mean. No, no, I, I know what you mean. Um, no, well, the my I have a very minor role in a very cool series. Uh, Jeff Johns, who is like the king of comic books, uh, he wrote it, and you know he asked if I. I I'm only I'm, I, I'm not spoiling anything here. My character dies in the first episode, and you can tell that happens because it's in the trailer. I was going to watch the trailer. I knew that. So I'm not spoiling anything. And uh, so I was just honored to be a part of it. I had always, you know, like Luke Wilson and Amy Smart. So, I mean, those were, you know, like I was, Idiocracy is one of my favorite movies. So uh, I was very happy to be working with them. And so my time that they were there for six months, I was there for like a week. So it, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And, uh, and I got to, I think I had more fittings than I did days on set. <laughs> uh, because getting those suits right takes is very difficult. I think I literally went there 10 times before it was ready. And then they made three of them uh, and then they just tore them apart as I got stabbed and beat up <laughs> and all this stuff. So, uh, it's really, really, really fun. I can't recommend it enough. So are, are you uh, a comics guy, you know, Marvel and, and the like, like all the movies, or is this just a role? Oh that- yeah. With a 12 and 15 year olds. Yeah. I'm and- sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean the Marvel movies. You know, I think it started with with uh, Chris Nolan's Batman's, and uh, that really changed comic books. And of course, Iron Man uh, and our comic book movies. And the quality of those movies is so high. Like the Marvel movie quality is so good. Mm-hmm. And I don't care when I hear people go like, "Well, it's just all these movies now, and there's no independent films, or there's no mid-sized films." And I'm like, "This is our complaint." And uh, <laughs> our movies are too awesome and too yeah, they're expensive. too good. And yeah. if and if the Marvel movies had been bad, people would not really have gone to them as they do. 
And they're remarkable. And they also figured out, I mean, I think this is why the Russos uh, are the kings over there, is and ta- uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, he, they're so funny. And the, the, they're such good comedies. And there's a lot of comedy in this. If you watch my death scene, um, it's just a bunch of jokes going back and forth, and then I die. Uh, so, you know, so I really had a good time. I think I've gained some weight since I put on the suit last. So I literally have thought, Oh, if that comes back, I we're in trouble. I, I was I'm thinking about weight. it as you were describing like the fitting sessions. Cause like if I'm putting on a t-shirt that I'm going to wear five, 10 times or whatever, I'm looking in the mirror an awful lot at the store before I buy it. Are you, are you as judgmental in a suit or is that more like the costume design who is like, look, this is a little, you know, no, I will say this. I came in ready. <laughs> I had lost some weight. It was a, it was just a happy accident. Cause in August I got the job in January, but the August before I basically cut down almost like 25 pounds and I worked out every day. And so I came in there, worked out great. Cause they were like, this is the right size you should be for this character. It's good. And because they have the problem of people, well, they have problems with people getting like gaining weight, and then they have to basically build a brand new suit. And uh, same thing if you get really too skinny. Anyway, no, it worked out. But the, I said, what do you do if you get someone who's re- like really big? And they're like, we just have to make the muscles even bigger to make up for, <laughs> you know, the the excess. Uh, anyway, it, it, I, I don't think I'd fit in it now, so I would have to cut. I don't know, probably ten pounds. So that I'm, can't be fun. Like that, the, the stress you must have carried going into that fitting session. I'm panicking for you right now. That must have been. No, no. I, I, I walked in that fitting session and just went fucking nailed it. <laughs> and uh, I walked through the door and I'm like, "You're welcome." And uh, yeah, that's that's the difference. <laughs> well, uh, uh, it's. it's kind of, I'm really in in it not very much, but I saw the first five episodes and it's it's great. And the gal Breck Passenger is really good. Rick, I'd never seen that name before. I, I didn't know how to pronounce it as I was reading all the reviews today. But yeah, she gets... Yeah, she was 20. On, she turned 20 on set. Like the day I was there, she turned 20. It's crazy. Uh, she's she's a badass. The, uh, speaking of badasses, before we let you go, we also talked about Becky real quick. Yeah. The, the trailer for Becky dropped... I would describe it as Home Alone meets American History X. <laughs> we it's funny you said that because we were making Home Alone jokes about it like uh but that's probably the best one I've heard so you win. I was I'm stealing that. That's good. Wow, look at you, Johnny. <laughs> that's good. The, what where did you talk to Kevin a lot on set? That, that was said like I think in the opening shot uh, opening shot of the trailer you see Ke- the back of Kevin's head which is a swastika. And yeah. I've never seen anything like that from Kevin James. Did he like like mention what made him decide to go in a role like that? Well, I I don't. I never said, "Hey, why do you want to play a Nazi?" Uh, I never <laughs> asked him why. But the scary one to play. Yeah, I I don't know what his decision process was, but I what, saw. What if you asked him? He just said, "My politics." Yeah, if he was just like, eh, they've had some good ideas, uh, I'd be like, whoa. Uh, finish the job. Oh, my. Or or he was like, this is the lost episode of King and Queens that they always wanted to make. And uh, so it was funny. Like, he's in full swastika, like, full outfit, really intimidating looking. And he got the Netflix role as, like, that NASCAR crew chief thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, hey, Nazi, congratulations. And uh, but I think he took it because those filmmakers, uh, there's a really good movie called Bushwick starring Dave Bautista and uh, Brittany Snow. And uh, it's so great. It's really worth it to watch on Netflix. It's bonkers violent and Dave Bautista's freaking terrifying. And I read this script and I was like, oh, the script's really good. And if they do it their way, it's going to be nuts. Because the scenes where the dogs are attacking people are pretty wonderfully crazy. Dude, the whole thing seems crazy. Even right away, obviously the swastika. And then just him describing the dogs to you and your wife. It's like, oh boy, this is this is a lot here. Yeah. It, it almost reminded me of one of my favorite movies um, in the last 10 years, I think, Green Room. Green Room was um, one of my favorite movies of all it's time. It's an unbelievable movie. And it kind of felt like the same, had the same vibe to it. So I'm, I'm very excited for Becky. Yeah, I, I, those guys, and the posters are great. Those guys really know what they're doing. And my character, well, you'll see what happens. But uh, it's, I very, I was good. It was going to be at the Tribeca Film Festival. And uh, obviously that, well, I guess it happened virtually, but I was really looking forward to seeing it in a big screen with a bunch of people watching Lulu Wilson running around gouging people's eyes out. And uh, <laughs> there was another, like, I don't, we don't want to hurt you. And it's like, no, but I want to hurt you. I was like, hell yeah, Becky. <laughs> yeah. It, I think they had, it was so brutal. I think at one point they had to reshoot some scenes that were like to make her look, I believe to make her look less sort of like, insane but i was like make it more insane but I, like i've been but they knew what they were doing so i not gonna tell them you know something else but uh uh there i was just very excited to be yeah i sound like such i was like i'm very excited to be working with them but when you see my what happens you'll be i thought for a second fun. in the trailer you were about to go born ultimatum or something because tra- in the trailer you they think they try and come in and then you move like do like a hand move into their chest and then the yeah. next cut, you're getting up off the ground. Yeah, it was bad. Well, that guy, the guy, because I, they're supposed to have this huge guy, and I'm much physically, I'm like taller and broader than Kevin James. So they had this guy. He was in, uh, he was in Gladiator, and he makes me look like a child. He's so <laughs> he's from honestly, he's, all you had to say was Gladiator. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I think he was also in Night the Museum, but he just fucking huge. And I, I mean, and then his voice, yeah, yeah. He's so I was like, oh, you found you found the perfect guy to make me look tiny, <laughs> and it was good. But there was another movie there at the film festival, and it didn't happen, obviously. But that one's called Happily, and at some point when that comes out, you'll have to see that because it's pretty crazy. It hasn't been bought yet, but uh, I think because I think the director wants to put it into a festival later, so. Stay tuned for a movie called Happily. Happily. We got Becky. We got Darkest Timeline, Twilight Zone. Mortal Kombat. You guys don't even mention that. The Mortal Wait. Kombat just got released. The uh, the hard R animated. I play Johnny Cage. Wow. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So Did you, uh, how old are you? 48. So were you, were you playing that at all? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was my high school and college game. I loved it. Johnny I Cage. That's a hell of a name to add to the resume. Johnny so. Cage, the Nutcracker was the ultimate move growing up. That was Good like, times. you drop Nutcrackers on the playground 24 7. Yeah. You didn't just flip part, but you just hit your friend in the penis. 
<laughs> yeah, the, you're, Kevin and I are very confused what you're talking about, but uh, no, I'm kidding. I, you're talking about playgrounds. You do this now? Uh, sorry. A dick. All right, man. Get back to the kids and get back to yeah. work. My wife is texting me like, "How? I thought you were going to be up there until blank. And I'm like, no. So yeah. uh, get back but to guys. It. You guys look well. Congrats, John, on your relationship. Uh, too bad for the princess, Kevin, four and two year old. This, I'm in the thick of it, brother. I don't know how you do easier? it. Give me, give me like what age I'll be able to like breathe. Nothing gets the only, nothing gets, so it's all just changes because uh-huh. the, there's new stresses that weren't there before. Right. The jailbreak of 24 hours a day goes away. It really does. You start getting more free time and they become, you, they become adults. Right. Or they become, uh, so you definitely, and then, until this pandemic, it flips like that where they're gone all the time. Right, right. That comes so much faster than, and I hate to say this because you hear, I just like enjoy each day you're with them because it always like, it's going to go a lot faster than you think. Yes. And it goes so fast. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, dad, what? What do you say? Fuck so much? And be like, all right, shut the fuck up. That's why. That's right. You make right, me say it all the time. Well, thanks for the words right. of wisdom. Thanks for the time, and good luck with everything. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thanks, you guys. I'll we'll see you in two years. Yes, sir. At the, I'll see you at the wedding. <laughs> You'll be invited. I'll be, oh present. yeah, I'll be there. I'll be the officiant. Be great. Hold it to it. All right, you guys. Cool. Thank you. Clean up your room, John. Okay, cool. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Hello. What's up? What's up, Taylor? What's up? Out, outdoor Zoom. What a power move. We were just talking about this. Is this unprofessional? It's I'm I'm in my fa- I'm like at home with my family, and everyone is in a room on some kind of call right now. And I'm the only one who has to like swear and shit, but I'm out back with all my fucking neighbors. Like everyone else is like talking about business. Like, oh, what should we do with this? Numbers. I don't know. This is shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fanatics, money. And I'm, I'm gonna be out here on a fucking fucking podcast, but whatever. <laughs> That's hilarious. They're like, we have real jobs, so yeah. if you can just go to the shed. <laughs> well, I think it looks great. Is it just the the only thing I'd be worried about is wind. Wind. It hasn't. We just kind of did the regular episode out here. No one brought it up. Um, okay. So far, so good. We'll let you know. But I like you getting some sun. I like it. Yeah, I need a fucking yeah. I do have a mic. That's why I have these uh, shitty headphones in because these are the only ones that plug into it. But hopefully that sounds okay. I would, yeah. That's no, not a problem here. Um, congratulations. I just read that you are the youngest female ever. And if it wasn't for Bo Burnham being a fucking savant, you'd be the youngest person ever to have a Netflix special. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, is that true? Oh, could be. Where did you read that? Uh, Bo Burnham had a special at 23, which is just crazy. Uh, You are, in fact, the youngest female. So congratulations. I'll take it. Thank you. Yeah, I think Bo Burnham and like, I think Eddie Murphy was like 21, wasn't he? Well, I think this was like Netflix special. So, Oh, Netflix specials. Was this like a list? Did I miss it? Or is this Uh, just uh, something my PR people sent? Where do we find this, Nick? 
my producer dug it up right before we started. And this I'm is just, in the deck. They're like, it's from an interview you did. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was a, a radio host who asked me that on like one of these like radio mornings where you just call like 50 people in a row who yeah. was like, you're like the youngest person. And I was like, hey, Bo Burnham and Eddie Murphy. And he was like, well, you know, besides, and I was like, Pete Davidson, I think might be my age. Uh, as well. Well, Haven't you learned if anything, you just fucking say it and it just becomes true. Right. I'm like, I heard Pete Davidson's actually 47. uh, He's dead. He's gone. Who cares? (laughs) So I don't know. No, the special was great though. Um, And, and I've been loving the quarantine content coming out with you and Sam. Although I got to admit, I'm pretty sure your life right now would be my nightmare. Like new relationship, (laughs) Forced to stay together at all times in the same industry, a competitive industry, and you're living your lives like very publicly. How have you not killed each other yet? Oh my gosh. I mean, well, first off, are we recording? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're all good. Okay, cool. All right. That affects my answer. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm joking. You know what? It's so funny because he was visiting when everything kind of went to shit and it was like, are you going to go back to New York? Are we both going to go to New York? Are you going to stay here and wait it out? Like, and at that point we thought it was going to be a month and now it's turning into, you know, who even knows? I mean, LA is going to extend the stay at home order until August, I believe. Um, So LA and New York are, are both not great, but I was very much like, I mean, my place is a little bigger and, LA has yeah. nicer weather and it, it might be I mean, easier. My was on Netflix. Yours was on YouTube. Let's stay in my place. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Are you kidding me? He's a much better comic than I am. Um, so it had not, I couldn't pull rank at all. If we were going by who the best comic was, we'd be in New York right now. Uh, but I was like, my apartment has a small balcony. Uh, yeah, we, we had been dating like five five maybe just under six months so it was really soon i mean now we're like at eight and uh it's honestly been great like we i think we still argue less in quarantine than we did being long distance because long distance is just insanely hard like i mean people are used to disagree i I, every time someone brings that up i strongly disagree i think really because I think it's like when you see each other, it's it's like I mean, like it's I'm not the first person I ever says about long distance relationships, but like when you see each other, it's like vacation and you're dating again, and then you just get to do your own shit, and it's it's pretty nice. I've been in a long distance relationship for two years now. I mean, well, yeah, um, but you, especially with you guys both having like big stand up careers where you're on, you're trying to get sets like every single night. Isn't it kind of nice to be like I couldn't, we couldn't even see each other if we wanted to, so I'm just gonna go work. I mean, that, this is the thing. We've never been with anyone we've dated for this long because okay. we're on the road every weekend. Right. So right. even when I lived with somebody before, I saw them, you know, Monday through Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And even when he'd like go on the road with me or something and we'd spend a week or two together, you're not spending every second together in the same place. Uh, so except for like, my daily walk were together and I, I didn't have much hesitation about it because when you're long distance and you do see each other, you are living together when you see each other, there's not really like, 
okay, I'll come to New York and I'll get a hotel and you'll come to LA and you'll get a hotel and we'll see each other, you know, for coffee for our second date. You're like doing it's like 72 hours straight together for the weekend. Yeah. Right. You're, still, you're still taking long showers for poops kind of deal. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And now we're like doors open, babe. Uh, but I'm, I really lucked out in that just, we are very much like best friends. We like hanging out and uh, we've, this is like, the only situation where we would have found out we work well together in a professional sense. Cause like I was not going to be this public with mm-hmm. him. He, we, neither of us are, we're going to do that before this happened. And now we're like the most public, like we started a podcast that's essentially just a couple's Instagram account. Like it is the bold move, Taylor. It's a bold <laughs> move. Like, like it's funny. So it works, but would you have ever thought of yourself as like, I'm going to make a couple's account and do like a couple's podcast? No, no, yeah. never. And I don't think he would have. Right. Yeah. He, I mean, he would be, I think even less likely to have done something like that. Um, I think he came on the podcast like right before, at least very close to before quarantine started. And I don't think, I think he said, I have a girlfriend who was a comic, but right. I, I don't know if you guys were public at that time, or at least like public enough to say it on a podcast. He yeah. was like, it, was, okay. it wasn't like, Oh, you know, my girl It was like, I have a girlfriend. She's a comic. It was, it, it, it seemed like he was like just kind of downplaying, which is the exact opposite of what happened a couple of weeks later at most. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, he probably came on when his came out and when his came out in mid to late February, that was the first time I posted anything about him. And I posted a picture that could have been us just hanging out as friends. Right. So it wasn't super clear. And then when mine came out March 3rd, he posted like a funny photo set of me sleeping, which yeah. is like, yeah. that was, yeah. I think that was right after he came in. Like, I think the right. next day we were like, wait, is he dealing with Dave and Carol Thompson? Cause he had met again, he had mentioned yeah. comic. But you had a funny tweet kind of about it where I forget what the first thing you wouldn't do is. You were like, I wouldn't do something with my boyfriend, but I would go on the Today Show with him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it was, uh, I've, I've developed very weird standards for this pandemic. Like, I refuse to do Zoom stand-up shows, but I oh, will yeah. go on the Today Show with my new boyfriend. <laughs> I, like, it's, I don't get the idea I mean, I get the idea. I understand it. You're trying to come up with like a new way to do things, but it's just called a podcast, right? Just do a podcast and don't call it a virtual standup or whatever. Just say I have a podcast. Right. But I think the difference is they have like scripted, uh, they have audiences, you know, on the live zoom. Oh, oh all right. Actually I watch you do standup. Oh, okay. That's crazy. That's I know. That is lunacy. That's that's lunacy. I would never ever. I mean, I'm not even a comic, but I could never do that. Wait, does the crowd can the crowd talk? Like can you hear them laughing? I think people are still trying to iron out the kinks. The people that I've talked to, some of them allowed the crowd, the crowd to laugh so you can hear them on the Zoom. It's obviously like a delayed laughter, but oh. it's there. Oh and then God. I think what a lot of people are doing is they're kind of just like designating the producers of the show or some of their friends as the laughers. Oh yeah. my God. So you don't get any crazies like trying to heckle you on a I Zoom was show. Say, like uh, hecklers are hard enough in a comedy based on where I look you in your face. I can't imagine, I can't imagine like just opening a Zoom call up to the world. It's just like, you can hear the N word a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you hear a lot of really bad things. 
Oh yeah. I mean, all, I feel like everyone's reps are trying to get them to do stuff on zoom, like shows and whatnot and content. And I'm kind of like, how do we vet these people right. coming in to these zoom shows? And they're like, well, you know, we can mute them if they start being, you know, inappropriate or we can kick them out. I'm like, yeah, but they have to do something crazy first. Right. You're kind of <laughs> like, well, I mean, I guess you could say that about a comedy club, right? Like you could run true. up on stage any night. Like, it seems a little bit easier, like you said, to just do it over the computer, but I guess you could make that argument. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I don't, I can't imagine doing that though. Good for, good on you for not like caving to that. Because Is there any chance you do cave? Cause there's a I lot mean, of things I won't do like join TikTok, And then in three months, guess who's on fucking TikTok? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dude, I joined, I got my name on TikTok. I just got like Taylor Townsend comedy back in February or January. And I was like, I'm not doing TikTok. And now like I have a full stand up library on my TikTok, And I'm like, okay, all right. That's I feel like we do that with everything new. We're like, this sucks. Never. This is garbage. And then in three months, everyone's like, all right, I mean, I'll give it a try. We'll see what it's about. 100%. The main reason I can't wait to one day die is the sweet release of not <laughs> having to download another social media app. Like, just take me now, Jesus. I don't want to download whatever's after TikTok. How many How many can we do? Like, for the next 20 years, are we just going to keep downloading them? Is there, a, is there a limit? Is it finite? I can't do it. You get to heaven. He's like, uh, so first off, we're going to need you to hop on Godgram and <laughs> create a username. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm, happy you said that. I'm happy you said that because I know part of your special was that you used to be pretty crazy religious, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And would you say that you're not now or that you've just kind of lessened it or like, are you totally out on it or just like not crazy about it or where do you stand now? I, I would say I'm not religious. Uh, I, I don't really have an opinion on all of that that I am sure about. I think I'm one of those people who, I guess, agnostic, where you're just like, I don't know. I would love it if Are there was something. Then? Are you mad at, like, I don't know. You, 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 for a lot of your life, you were, like, following rules and doing shit that's probably not the best. And now you're kind of like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't believe in any of this. Like, was that a waste of time? Why'd you do that? Why'd you raise me that way? You have any feeling like that? Um, you know, I think I had some anger when I was younger and I was dealing with a lot of like the abstinence, only education guilt. I think that was probably the most anger I had. Other than that, I think I've been mostly just sad that I don't, feel that way because my entire family is very religious mm-hmm. and I, uh, I just wish I was like in there cause yeah. it would just be easier. Right. Um, and it was difficult to come to that conclusion that I just wasn't, I wasn't that. Um, but yeah, it's not even like, I'm like, this is bullshit. I don't believe it. I'm just like, I don't know. And it made me uncomfortable going to a place every week where they were like, we're sure. And I'm like, are mm-hmm. we though? Cause I feel like none, nobody knows, and there's Which a lot of might be the most rational take of all time, <laughs> and the fact right. that you even have to like, well, it's like, yeah, no fucking kidding, none of us know. Last but, week we we talked about on the show we we had a, a question here about uh, the devil, okay, oh, and now now the devil and you you this is honest these are honestly got questions because I, I I've I, I went to Catholic high school but I haven't really paid much attention then or now. But yeah. the devil's job is to like sow chaos on earth, right? Uh-huh. So we saw I was on Reddit, I think, where it's like, why doesn't the devil just make hell awesome? And then we'd all want to cause chaos up here. 
and therefore he wins. Think about it. Maybe so he's such a, great, something. such a great angel. He should have thought of that, right? You guys are like the devil's PR department. Yes. And that's the we problem. That's what we said. We said he's got bad PR. And God and Catholicism is a fucking social media machine. They're a billion strong. And 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 the devil has like a Twitter account with like 250 followers. That's yeah. it. God's got the New York Times bestselling book. He's right. right. So and the, we even talked about the Church of Satan's got a great Twitter account, but just it doesn't get as much publicity as the Pope's. I'm as telling Pontifex. you. I don't know the Pope's Twitter handle. I don't know anyone else's handle. I know Pontifex, though. <laughs> You're like, Satan, baby, you have everything going for you. All right. You're just as good as Jesus. You always have been. But you refuse to play the game. That's your problem. That's why you need us. All right. We'll play the game for you. You just show up in the horns and the tail. Pitch Fork, we love that. You be the face. I'll run behind the scenes, dude. Come on. I think it's I think it's genius. I think it's all he needs. The devil just needs like a, a sleazy agent. He needs like an Ari Gold, and he'd be popping. Catholicism would be dead. It's a wrap. I mean, I assume you guys are pitching this uh, well, well, you everywhere. Know, yeah, this is basically the new crusade in my mind, yes. <laughs> This is your quarantine project. Right. Pilot. I am now a religious zealot, basically. <laughs> so welcome to the new world order. Just, okay. just for the bad guys. I'll, I'll yeah. up. I don't care. I, I don't you, have loyalties. I just got a bank account. You That's guys should do a pilot where you are uh, your fallen PR agents, where you used to handle God's PR and then he awesome. fires you for somebody else. And so you go to hell and you're like, look, we made right. Jesus. Right. The cross thing, that was us. Yes. Yes. You the think that's just thing. it? Love it. What a fucking idea. I'm taking that. We're running they, to the back. They wanted to sit him on a pole. We were like, no, 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 that's not going to play well. <laughs> think about how that looks on a back tattoo. It makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> back tattoo. I love it. I, I saw. Uh, <laughs> it's a great idea. I'm sorry. That's so good. Like We told him to get ripped before they crucified him. He was scrawny. You should have seen arrows. Him. You have to get those arrows before you get up there on the cross, man. The yeah. love. Imagine Jesus up there with a fucking wine belly. Like, like, look. You're not going to get a swimmer's body walking on water, Jesus. Okay, you want this. You think think I wanted to wash their feet? My fucking PR team made me do that. I didn't want to touch the lepers. I didn't even like Lazarus. I'm just doing this for fucking PR stunts. Oh, my God. Letting a prostitute wash your feet is absolutely the PR equivalent of paying a TikTok star to, like... Use right? your sound. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> just pimping yourself out. Unbelievable. Uh, I saw like, your take about the on the movie podcast saying, I love this because I've always thought this, that the prestige and the illusionist, is it right? Yep. Came mm-hmm. out the same way Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached did. So which of those two movies do you think are superior? <laughs> Oh, I mean, The Prestige, obviously, and No Strings Attached, without a doubt. Wait, which one's No Strings Attached? The one with Natalie Portman. It's so much better. It's It's so much better. Friends with Benefits just has the JT Mila Kunis appeal. But that's a big appeal. It's so much better for No. I know, but as a movie, the period mix? 
Yeah. 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 When, when, uh, I mean, I, I forget the, the gay roommate's name, but he's sitting there stuck. Guy Branham. The, with the, uh, the, the red velvet cupcakes. Oh, un- I can't play it in it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, her, her friends. Movie, oh, go ahead. That movie reminds me a lot of, uh, of the show Normal People in the sense that I haven't probably normal people back to no friends, uh, no strings attached. There haven't been as many times where I wanted to jump through the screen and grab the actors and be like, just tell them how you feel. Just <laughs> do it. Just do it right now. Be honest with them. And it's, those two movies, or movie and show, are the two times where I felt that the strongest. It's it's not even close. Look, I love JT. I love Kunis. It's not even close. It's not even close. I mean, her friend, Natalie Portman's friends in that movie are Greta Gerwig, Mindy Kaling, and Guy Branham. Like, it's yeah. just better. The cast is probably a, a, a big check for for their that column. Yeah, I agree. The, the, the dialogue in so many the dialogue when um her boyfriend becomes the villain. Is so good when he's like, "You're the guy she has fun with. I'm the guy she marries." I was like, "Oh no, I hate him!" I thought he was a regular guy. No, I hate his guts. He's the worst. It's all so well done. It's an incredibly great movie. Incredibly great. It's so good because it's also like kind of true. There is the guy you have fun with and the guy you marry, and so it's even meaner because you're like, I mean, some of those cliches are the truest things in the world, and it is tough to swallow when you learn that that's real. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the nice guy finishes last, the douchebag gets the promotion. Like it, those things are real. Yeah. 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 If you look at me, I'm not the guy you married. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm the long distance relationship guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the movie, movie podcast. The movie, with, is the, has there been a movie that Sam, like Sam made you watch? And you're just like, I, I can't believe you made me watch this. Yeah. The third episode we started by going, we're going to watch Ace Ventura. And then we come back going, we gave up on Ace Ventura. Uh, I watched 30 minutes of it. By the way, I wanted to like it. I got really high beforehand to give it every fighting chance. And I got 30 minutes in. I did not laugh once. And he just paused it and goes, if you don't like it, maybe we should just watch like back to school because it doesn't get, it's just more of this. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what it is that there was that period of time. If you're my age, Jim Carrey could do no wrong. And it was just like tears. And then I don't know if it holds up. I don't know. It was a sketch. It was a sketch yeah. that they stretched into a movie is how right. I felt about it. Right. I, I made the mistake once of making my girlfriend watch a movie that was dear to my heart. Um, and it was miracle the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, right? And Wait, I, listen, Taylor, this, this gets important. Listen. I, I played I played hockey when I was younger, and like, I had a lot of fun hockey stories with my dad, so the movie always gets me emotional. And I was I was weeping in bed watching it. Like, not, not crying, weeping. And I was shirtless, so I didn't even to wipe my tears on. So I was just, like, wiping them on my arm, trying to get, like, hide my tears. Broke up the next day. And, like... I have a, it was coming anyway, but I have a sneaking suspicion it was pretty heavily influenced by that scene. The, the, me, the adult man, fucking fat and idiot in bed, just crying on hockey movies. <laughs> it was, that I'm, I'm, so, is I'll never so open my heart funny. again. 
<laughs> that is so funny and so sad. Yeah, Whitney Cummings has that old bit about seeing a guy trip and immediately falling out of love with him. <laughs> it's just like that being that weak. She's just like, I, I don't respect yeah. you anymore. <laughs> Sobbing at miracle. <laughs> it was But like, you know what? There are women who would love that shit. No, that's the thing. It's 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 all or nothing. That's either like, oh my god, I'm gonna marry you, or it's like get the fuck away from yeah, me. Yeah, no, this girl wore the leather jackets, so she wasn't yeah, in the corner. <laughs> you you gotta find someone who wears pleather. Like I wear I wear pleather jackets and I would have been like, Oh, miracle is touching. <laughs> leather with like a lot of zippers, she you know, holes in her jeans. She would, I'm surprised she didn't beat me up for it. Like, <laughs> Be a little girl. <laughs> well, uh, you're killing it right now, Taylor. I don't know what I mean. What's even next? Like, you don't want to get complacent, but it's also been a fucking monster year for you, huh? I mean, it was gonna be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess right. That, I it's mean. like, I mean, I shouldn't complain because, like, I've seen you know, like for example, like Moses Storm, who's really really funny, was supposed to film his HBO special on May 9th a few days ago, and he posted about it. And I was like, dude, that sucks. Like, I'm so lucky that I got to film mine and that it got out when it did. And I mean, people keep telling me like, this is the best time to have a special because everyone's at home watching Netflix. And I'm kind of like, I think people were watching Netflix before, but sure. Well, I definitely think getting it out right now is good. But I think like, if you didn't get your special recorded... Like, will your comedy be stale? Do you have to write new Corona material when you do film the special? Will the jokes you were making be okay? If you know, like, it just—it's such bad luck if you were just about to film compared. Oh, to, you know, it's it's so so heartbreaking. I feel so bad for anybody in that position who like just booked a show or just got a special, and, and then everything went on pause. Like, it sucks, and you know. Sam and I are in a good position where we both had specials come out right before this and are available and that we can keep promoting during this while also, you know, doing all these podcasts and doing like more online content. And it's frustrating. And it just feels like right now, all you can do is build up your audience online. And I mean, live touring will come back eventually. We just don't know when, and it's been really hard not knowing when because like we're pure stand-ups like that's what we want to do we don't care about doing you're all fucking freaks and i feel like if you don't get your fix on stage i don't know what's gonna happen you're maniacs yeah no we're nuts i mean uh, sam's been doing this funny series where he he tries out topical jokes on his mom oh good that is actually one of the few things that i think works because his mom is just as funny as like the audience needs to be and they've got that Jewish mother son dynamic that is just fucking gold. So yeah. that that I approve. I love that. Yeah, it's it's so good. But again, if you're not willing to do these Zoom shows, and I know people doing these Zoom shows who are like, I feel great after a Zoom show. You can hear people laughing, and it's like, it's just not the same. Nothing's going to be the same. And even if and when comedy clubs open back up, and everybody's like, I mean, it's already happening. There are clubs open in certain states where tables are just really spread out and they're at like, you know, 30% capacity or something that's going to be different, but it'll be better than a zoom show. Right. right, right. It won't be safer. So, you know, you're just trying as, as best you can to pivot and be funny in different ways and retain an audience and keep connecting with fans 
through all of this so that when we are able to go back to work in the way that we're used to and we would like to, um, there are people who want to come out to see us. So right. it's like, I mean, you, you can never predict something like this, but the, you know, the idea of there's always like diversify and don't put all your eggs in one basket is always a good lesson. Cause if you just did stand up and you didn't do a podcast, you don't have social media, you, you know, you're, you're shit out of luck. So good on you for keeping grinding and, uh, loving all the content and congrats on all the success. And hopefully you're back on stage soon. Thanks, man. Thanks for watching the special. I, I, that means a lot. And uh, I can't wait to see your Satan show. Yeah. The Satan show. Buckle up, (laughs) buckle up. We got a hit on our hands. You really do. You got to pitch that. It's so funny. All right. Say hi to Sam for us. All right. I will. Thanks guys. Turn around. Look at what you see in her face.